Hey there, folks. What do you know? It's the Uticast episode uh, 199. God, I was been putting off this 200 and thinking about it, but it's it's here. Uh, so, sort of an interesting episode this week. Kevin is here for the first segment, but he had to leave, so he was here taping on Sunday. Uh, Heather and Justin are here taping on a Monday, and we're interviewing our good friend Michelle Truitt, who is back to talk about uh, Levitt Amp Music Festival 2019, uh, plus a lot of stuff she's got going on for Children's Museum this week, all this week, from Tuesday uh, through Friday, uh, April 16th through April 19th. So, great talking to her. Man, episode 200 is... It's here. It's right around the corner, and I am underprepared. But that's all right. We'll do like we always do. We'll be here because that's what we do. This is the Uticast, and we are happy, as always. given to my old man when I was a kid. They are characters from Primal Rage. Yes, uh, the classic Midway arcade game Primal Rage. And then also a picture from the newspaper from when I was in a school group, a uh, music and singing, singing, song and dance group called the Melatones and the Tonettes. What there's a world. A, there's me over there in the corner looking like a huge mm-hmm. nerd. A lot of names we recognize in here. Oh yeah, a lot of Utica All-Stars floating around on that list as well. Nice. Good times. Uh, a nice little surprise appearance. So I got these delivered today. My art's pretty good, I gotta say, all things considered. I've always been a good drawer. So you want to talk about more stuff the listeners can't see? <laughs> Just talk about more things that <laughs> things that we see that you as the listeners can't yeah, see little, or little, relate to. A little bad podcasting. Uh, yeah, so happy Sunday afternoon here. Um, it's the Uticast episode 199. We're back. Cheers, Kevin. I'll clink you your, your beer from my coffee. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm. No Heather at the moment, but she'll be here tomorrow. We're splitting this into two segments because Kevin won't be here tomorrow. We're splitting the taping, yeah. We're the gonna taping, do yeah. so we're gonna do this segment on this is Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening, and then we're gonna do the interview, and then there will be the segment after the interview that is gonna be taped on Monday. Yes, with Heather and then uh, a special guest. He'll probably just be Justin, I would imagine. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's, it's we're getting close to two hundred. He's been a big part of the show. I had Higgins on last week and. Uh, or two weeks ago. I would say nothing. You seem awfully defensive. <laughs> no, I think I like to get people who've been on the show yeah, yeah, yeah. on around the times of the uh, mm-hmm. of the anniversary episodes and such. And Justin, for as much as we give him a hard time, uh, he's been a he's been a big part of the show. He was on pretty regularly for a while. You so this. he's yelling, "I will regret this!" from the other room, which I forgot that he can hear us. Uh, so also, quick shout out, happy birthday uh, to GFOP Devin Mahoney. His birthday was yesterday, and oh, nice. I didn't get a chance to go to his party because it was my sister's birthday as mm-hmm. well, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and then another birthday celebration. A lot of birthdays this weekend. It was a very birthday-heavy Big weekend. birthday week. Shout out also to uh, GFOP Zach Wilson, whose birthday was this weekend uh-huh. as well. Uh, so yeah, a lot of birthdays. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kev, it's just you and I here on a Sunday, a little two-man pod old school. As we get closer to 200... How you feeling? I never really ask you what your thoughts are about getting toward 200. I feel like people ask me a lot. You've been 200 episodes of a podcast deep, brother. It's pretty yes. impressive. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's crazy. It's a lot. 
Mm-hmm. It doesn't, like, when you look at the number on paper, it seems like a lot. It doesn't really feel like a lot because it's become, you know, such a routine. Sure. So, sure. but yeah, two, I mean, 200 episodes is crazy. That's quite a few. Uh, yeah, so let's let's get through a couple of these news stories, and then uh, we'll figure out next week what we'll do next week. Um, okay. Oh, I went out this weekend. Something that rarely happened. I you was did. out on the town. I saw you. It was wild. The... I thought you were lost. <laughs> no, what the hell was going uh, on? I don't think the mustache got a good reception out in public. People, it's a strong opinion. I think it's a strong look. Who was not liking the mustache? Two people who were there last night after you left, they were like, your buddy over there looks just like this guy from Ray Donovan. <laughs> yeah, what's that all and about? They, sh- they showed yeah. they showed Somebody me a picture. Said that to me. They showed me a picture of a guy with the mustache, and it, I mean, it looked, I guess, enough like you. Damn it. The whole yeah, thing. yeah. You're going through your Ray Donovan phase. Uh, I never knew. I never knew it was happening. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it was nice to go out in the town. I think uh, it was nice because I didn't have to drive, which is something always that doesn't nice. always happen, where I get the opportunity mm-hmm. to go out on the town and not have to drive. But even then, I'm always skeptical that I'm not driving. I'm like, I hope this person who's driving is all right <laughs> to drive, right? Right. I don't think other people are as responsible as me. Let me put it that way. There you go. There's my toot that horn. <laughs> Just get saying. all the way up on that horse. <laughs> I hey hey. The view is really nice here from the moral high ground. I gotta say, you get uh-huh. a beautiful look at the scenery. Uh, so yeah, I went out at a good time. Maybe I'll start going out a little more often. A uh, couple things real quick. You see, uh, Tiger Woods is the Masters champion. Amazing team. Golf clap for Tiger Woods mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you uh did you actually you invested at all? We watched a lot of the Masters more than I expected the, this weekend. The Masters was on television in my home quite a bit this weekend, I can say. <laughs> That's fair. I can't I don't know if I necessarily I watched more than I usually ever watch, which is none. Yeah. Um I was invested today. Yeah. When it was the last handful of holes and Tiger was doing well. That mm. was cool to see from like a sports fan, I guess, perspective. Um but yeah, I mean, I don't like care about the Masters as a whole generally. I thought it was interesting that uh, you know Tiger Woods in general. We've talked about him in the history lessons in the past before. We've talked about him in other contexts, but he really is one of the most divisive golfers of all time. Over the course of two days, I had a person in my life who explicitly told me like, "I hope anybody wins this, but Tiger Woods. I hate mm. him so much." And then I also saw another person in my life physically stand up and fist pump when Tiger Woods got a birdie today. So it's crazy that he elicits such a wide range of emotions. That seems to be something that goes across the line for like the greatest athletes. Like yeah, LeBron's of the world, the KDs. The more the more that somebody is talked about all the time, the more opportunity there is for counter narrative to build against that person. I have to or say idea or whatever. I did not go into the day rooting for Tiger Woods necessarily. I was rooting for the miracle comeback from my guy Tommy Fleetwood. Shout out to Fleetwood. Uh but I have to say, by the time the day got to the end, I was sort of invested in wanting Tiger to get that that Masters. I, did, I actually legitimately didn't think he'd ever win another Masters. I wasn't being, like, cynical when I said that in the past. So, good on you, Tiger, I suppose. People seemed very pleased. People are very pleased. <laughs> the internet, your, your brother told me he was, or he was on Twitter talking about it. It's true. My brother loves Tiger. Uh, all right, so let's go on. <laughs> uh, just something I thought was interesting. Uh did you see that the South Utica Price Chopper had somebody win $5 million in the lottery? Did they really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Who was it? Uh, they didn't say their name, smartly enough. Although Very smart. They did have some sort of thing at the store on whatever morning it was, April 10th, which seems like a bad idea. Again, yeah, yeah. I say it all the time. If you win the lottery, don't, don't show anybody. <laughs> don't tell anybody. <laughs> Keep it a secret. 
Uh, five million, not the biggest lottery win, but hey, no. it's not a bigger than my zero dollars <laughs> I've won from many lotteries <laughs> yeah. that I don't play. But um, all right, so uh, let's move on to I guess the bulk of what I had is our our news stories for the week. I, is that not news? I don't really know. These were these were the stories I had planned initially, and then the rest of the stuff sort of came up as the conversational section of the podcast. This is I should, wow, the rabbit hole goes deep, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. There's a, there's a method oh, to my personal madness. The abattoir of insanity that exists deep within I, I the think, recesses of a man's soul. I think the biggest, uh, the greatest trick I've ever, I've ever pulled is making this look like it's not very hard for me. <laughs> when people come into the show and be like, oh, it's so casual to do this. Like, I'm, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. But for me, no. Frantic maniac mm-hmm. all the time, constantly in my brain. There's definitely more to it than just scribbles on paper, at least for me. I see. <laughs> so bring me to the news, right. the bulk. <laughs> the Show bulk. me the bulk. All right, so I have two stories that are vaguely video game uh, related. We're going to oh, start Oh, jeez, what are you, mad at me? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> What's going on here? Uh, so there's, right. there was an article, well, we're just going to do what we've done in the past. I had some articles I thought were interesting. I'm going to bring up some points from This was from Vox earlier this week. Uh, it was an article about... Uh, Gaming culture saying that uh, white supremacist platforms are going onto video games and using it as a, recru- a recruiting platform to pull people into their circle, right? Yeah. Uh, and this happens for... Uh, yeah, yeah. And I think the part of this that struck me uh, as I was reading the article, um, as a guy who plays video games, and it's just something I got thinking about, there's really no... It's pretty unsanctioned if you're on, like, an online video game. Of there's course it really is. really no... I don't know how you would be able to police... You can't. You can't, right? That's sort of the... I guess that's the problem. Mm-hmm. Well, not the problem, but that's just the fundamental design of the system. Yeah. Uh, what do you think... Is there anything you could do, I wonder? Like, you can't just hire people to listen in on no. No. gamer chats. You could have people report stuff. Mm-hmm. That turns into a big no. black hole really easily. There's nothing to be done. You can't... You have to... I mean, number one, this isn't this isn't news, right? Certainly, no, no, no. people are kind of talking about it, and people are catching up. But that's you know that part, whatever aside, um, you can't fight the the symptoms. You have to fight like the cause. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? It's not about like oh we've got to get and like monitor and moderate. No, all that's out the window. That's ridiculous. And we talk about that is, is nuts. I think. Um, but you, I think it's more about counteracting the ide- ideology at a more baseline level. So it's mm-hmm. not specifically about how do we do this in this specific avenue in gaming it's about larger conversations we have as a culture i think too there's also something about being a video gaming is very strange to me because suddenly it is now a bigger broader platform than a lot of like tvs and movies in terms of how many people it reaches if you mean like who it reaches and how it reaches them you know to be said but there's a people buy a ton of video games and the platform is massive Mm. uh but, like, I think the idea of what a video gamer is has not evolved. Like, most, if you say uh, some, this guy's a video gamer, I think most people generally assume a guy in his parents' basement, right? Well, so there's a difference between saying, like, I'm a gamer and I, right. play, and I play video games. Right. I Those guess, are yeah, two yeah, different yeah, yeah. things when I hear it. Because you're right, when you think gamer, you think of the stereotype sitting in a dark room with a fucking Mountain Dew, you know what I mean? The yeah. Whole, the whole <laughs> nine yards, right? Yes. And um, so you think of that, but, like... What I think what's actually happened, the reason the platforms have become larger, is because the the 
people who play mm. has opened and broadened so much. No yes. longer do you think of just folks like that stereotype enjoying video games. Exactly. Now you've got people from all walks and all ages and all different things enjoying video games because you can play something interactive on like your Nintendo Switch while somebody else plays some insanely detailed nuts like uh, computer, like PC game or right. whatever. And those are both playing video games, those are both very different, you know what I mean? And I think, too, for people, as that sphere expands, right, as more and more people are getting into video games and it's becoming common for, you know, uh, a lot of folks to do it, people who saw video games as their little corner of, like, haven from the world or something, like, well, what's this? Everyone is, like, coming... Especially because, by nature, uh, video games are very isolationist. Yes. They plunge people, like, into their own little world and they make them, like, you know, kind of hermits and pushes people into themselves and... You know, and so certain types of people are drawn to that, and it becomes kind of a refuge. So as it opens to the broader world, you're naturally going to have that. And you see it anytime there's sort of a, a subculture or a scene, you know what I mean? Even think about, like, think about how upset people get when, like, bands, when, like, hip bands they like become popular. Yes. People lose their minds about it. It's yeah, the yeah. same kind of thing, you know what I mean? You want to own that. Yeah, you, yeah. You, you want it to be yours. And I'm, I'm like mm-hmm. that, too. Like, I remember going to see Radiohead once a long time ago, and uh, there was a guy at the concert I met afterwards, and he is not really a Radiohead fan. And afterwards, he's like, "Oh man, I really like this band. Like, they're way cooler than I thought they were. They're kind of jammy." And I immediately was like, mm, "I don't know if I want this guy to be a radio. I don't want another Radiohead." You know what I mean? Like, well, yeah. About, yeah. I mean, think yeah. about like back in yeah. like ten years ago when we were all like when the whole. Uh, like hipster thing was cresting and becoming a thing. Yes. There was yeah. a new band every single month that everybody used to like, and then once people found out about them, people were like, "Oh, I don't really like that band anymore." Like, "Oh, I don't really, I don't really like them." Like, that's the only thing I listen to in my life is the bloody beat roots and like dumb stuff like that. It's the same kind of thing with video games. Uh, let's go to this week's next video game topic. God damn. Okay. Uh, that one wasn't so bad. Come yeah, on. Whatever. Uh, are you familiar with the concept of the game Fortnite? We've talked about it a bunch of times. People reference it. I know, it. yeah, of course. I mean, I'm not dead. I understand. Well, yeah. I understand. Like Fortnite is a game that people play. It's like an open world kind of game. So what? There's like a hundred people. And it's like battle royal and battle royal style. Yeah, yeah. So you drop into the game and you yeah, play, yeah. It, and you can't play it again until whatever session you finished is done. Sure. So it's one of the most popular games. Everything's yeah. copying it now. Uh, there is a multi-millionaire in real life, an anonymous millionaire who is trying to organize a battle royal style event on a private island, sort of like the the fire fest of private island video game events, right? To murder one another? No, the, that's what I thought. No, they're going to give them airsoft guns and body armor, right? So you pay to get into it, and you can win a hundred thousand dollars if you're the last person surviving. I mean, at least you know you want to be cool. It's time to be brave. At least get paintball guns. Paintball guns. Airsoft. Airsoft. You do an airsoft. <laughs> we're soft as air, and we're gonna get armor too. It's an airsoft gun. You don't need armor. Protect your eyes. Protect your mouth. You're fine. Uh, yeah. So they're trying to create a, a last person standing championship worth one hundred and thirty-one thousand dollars American for the winner. Uh, I think I really think if you're gonna do it, if you want it to be really worth money, it should be to the mm-hmm. death. I think if you're gonna do it, you might as well just. They're man just up. they're just slow walking the Hunger Games. <laughs> they, like that's, they're really just slow walking the Hunger Games, the longest walk, all that stuff. It's just sort yeah. of the way to sort of soft pedal it, and you know. Yeah, so there you go. There's our two video game stories. Real life Fortnite. I feel like in a certain scenario, it'd be fun to be on the island playing the real life like paintball Fortnite, trying to win some money. But like, I don't know. I'd have to win some sort of contest to get it. I'm not paying money and to do it. Here's the thing that I think people would learn real quick if this were the scenario that happened. A lot of these folks who fancy themselves like, oh, I'm some sort of Fortnite gun lord. Like, you run out there, you get running around in the hot sun on an island for a minute. Like, you're all going to be just washed. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, nobody sure. can go out there and go to war and sprint around some island <laughs> shooting airsoft guns at each other. That sounds uh, horrible. It, <laughs> I'm all the way out on that. <laughs> all the way out. Yeah, on. yeah. All right. So, zero on all I'm going to fly to a private island so I can shoot airsoft guns at strangers from the internet. <laughs> uh, did you see any of the uh, the news this week about the first picture? Did you look at the picture of the first the black hole black hole picture? Yeah, yeah. What did you think? Um, I think that it's amazing to see that uh, Albert Einstein's theory of relativity so far so far ahead of its time continues to be proven true over and over mm. again. And it's nuts to look at the vision of a guy like that in that time who can say, you know, because of the laws that I observe here in, in the physics, you know what I'm doing, because of these laws I observe, then this crazy, inconceivable thing has to exist. Yeah. And for it to finally be proven visually and what it took for them to put it together and all the work and all the data that it takes and you know all the people that it takes and all that stuff is you know it's amazing we're getting closer and closer every year and you know i i just hope every time something like this happens i hope it gets more people excited yeah. about and thinking about uh space and the cosmos and you know the the universe at large so it's awesome that's very astute. I loved everything you said. Are you surprised that most of the reaction on the general media was, it doesn't look like anything. No. It looks like <laughs> Did no, that surprise not. you at all? Of course all? not. No. <laughs> no. Uh, I was actually a little bit surprised because I kept thinking to myself, guys, you know it's coming from, like, fucking space, right? Like, give it, it – what do you expect it to look like? You expect it to look like one of those big – Cosmos TV like spinning voice. Like, so we don't have the kind in, of technology. In this, yeah, in in this world, in this world that we live in, where we have everybody's yeah. got a voice and a platform and everything, you have to make the decision every day um, in who you're going to give your own personal bandwidth to. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, some like young idiots on Twitter being like, "It looks dumb. It looks like a dog's butt." Like whatever. Or yeah. you can listen to what like the scientists and the thinkers and the people have to say about it. And let's let's make sure that we're giving the appropriate amount of weight to the appropriate people when it comes to large important things, as we scream endlessly into the abyss of the black hole. Uh, speaking of uh, black holes and bad take culture, uh, I saw another story this week that had a lot of uh, a lot of bad takes around it. But I was interested. Uh, there's a report coming out this week. This was on CNN. Uh, that there are now as many Americans who claim to be non-religious or atheists as there are evangelicals and Catholics. Are you surprised that the number of people who don't consider themselves religious has sort of succeeded, superseded uh, anyone who considers themselves like uh, Christian or, or Catholic or evangelical? No. 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 I think it's, it doesn't surprise me. I feel like it's probably something that people weren't as open to talking about before. And well, now, also people had less resources and less community, less people to talk to if that's the way they were feeling about it. Mm. You know what I mean? Oh, uh, yeah. 23.1% of Americans now claim no religion, while 23.0% claim to be Catholic and 225 uh, claim to be evangelical. Uh, so I thought that was, uh, I mean, I'm not surprised by this. I did see a lot of people freaking out about it on this story, like what it meant about the world and where we're all going. Ooh, internet commenters? Yeah, internet commenters. Oh boy. Well, uh, now that I know that, it's changed my entire opinion. Now the internet commenters have something to say. Uh, all right, so let's move on. Uh, this is a story from the Observer Dispatch. Well, it was put forward from the Observer Dispatch this week. You might have read about it. There's a woman, uh... A Taiwanese woman who thought she had an infection in her eye. It turns out that it was not an infection. It was tiny sweat bees living behind her eyeball that had gotten behind her eye. Uh, it horrified me for a week. <laughs> I can't stop thinking about it. Is there anything in the world more horrifying to you 
then thinking that something might have gotten behind your eye and is just hanging out behind there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's yeah. so horrifying. Yeah. Bees. Well, I mean, it's but it's all it's all on that level. You know it's, what I mean? But, yeah. but it gets worse than the eye. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, there's. Do you remember the show they used to play it? I think on like the Discovery Channel or Animal Planet or something it's called "The Monsters Inside of Me." Ugh. Yes, you ever watched that remember show? It. Yeah, I had so for anybody, a, yeah. for, for any listeners who didn't watch that show, "The Monsters Inside of Me" was like one of those they do an episode about a different like story or case every week. Just you know, one of those hour long programs you get on the cable mm-hmm. channels. But each one was about um, different like parasites or infectious little mini things. Yep. They got inside of people and were killing them. Nobody knew what it was. And they had these these insane little like parasites, and it really shows you all the horrors of the world. Yeah, it was and amazing. like about all these different things, like you know the the bugs that living behind your eyes, and like the worms in your brain, and like worms and you know like orifices, <laughs> oh and all sorts of yeah, that's horrible, horrible, horrible stuff. High on my list of of terrible low on my list. Yeah, I don't want it at all. I never want. I don't want it at all. Uh, all right, so moving on uh, to something a little bit more palatable. Uh, Earlier this week, a contestant on Jeopardy broke the single game winning record, or the winning record score with $110,914. That was his total, smashing the single day record previously of $77,000. It's a huge come up. It's a big win on one day. I respect anybody out there securing the bag at that level. So answer me this question. Yes. Uh, Do you win the money on Jeopardy that you get in cash? For sure not. They don't just hand you that cash, cash? right? No, what? Well, I'm saying, like, you... No, no. Like, what happens to that money? Like, is they give they you give a you check? check? They cut you a check. How long does that take to clear? Probably close to immediately. Okay. Next day. You think so? They've got the money. For $110,000? Yeah, Jeopardy, you... Jeopardy's got a hundred... The studio that produces Jeopardy for sure has access to $110,000. Okay, so I guess the idea, and uh, I think Justin has talked to me about this in the past, uh, the idea is they have, like, a bank of money... That they plan on giving out like over the course of yeah, the season, yeah, budget, right? I'm sure, yeah, it's probably in their budget. I wonder, I wonder what the idea is. Like, what happens to that money that they don't give out? Does that go to next year? Or is budget that just, surplus. Does that just go to Alex Trebek's pocket? No, for sure not. <laughs> he's not the money guy. He's he's a worker who just collects a check for doing the job. Uh, I respect this guy's swag. Uh, he wagered a specific amount of money in Final Jeopardy three thousand eight hundred and three hundred fourteen dollars. Uh, he and he did it so that his final total could be his daughter's birthday. That's a real stunner move to know that you're so good at this that you're like, oh, I'm a hundred percent sure I got this answer. Mm. So why don't I make a statement with my total winning number to you, sir? I say, thumbs up. Good job. Uh, all right, we don't have to get into this story. Maybe I'll save it for I'll save it for after the break. It's not as important right now. I'll, I'll hold off. Okay. Uh, and we'll do, uh, I had two bits from other blogs this week. Okay. Uh, and I'll do one with you and I'll do the other ones with uh, Heather and Justin tomorrow. Sure. All right. Uh, and again, I appreciate doing these with you because you and I, we go back in the restaurant game, in the hospitality game. The hospitality game. Very uh, hospitable. So, and we're going to talk a little bit about hospitality game after the break. Uh, and we have another question. But Kev, so here we go. What's up? Uh, this is from the take o- the Takeout, which is a really good food sure. style Hit blog. Me. All right. Uh, I was invited to a dinner party the other week. I brought two bottles of wine to my friend's house, a sparkling rosé, and something else. Uh, a Volgner. Volgner. Uh, the dinner was fine, but at the end of the night, they still hadn't pulled the Volgner out of the fridge. A host sheepishly said, Do you want to take this home with you? I didn't think she completely committed to the offer. Maybe she was saying this to be courteous. In the moment, the words, uh, sure, slipped out of my mouth. Uh, it's nagging me ever since. Was it tacky of me to take back the bottle I brought over, even if the host insisted? 
Should I have been more insistent that she kept it as the host's gift? Uh, what's the proper etiquette when it comes to taking back a gift at a, way, at a party if you bring something over? Yeah, uh, anything that you bring over, you're leaving. doesn't matter. That's what I, I figured. You're leaving it. You're leaving it. You don't take it back. No, that's classless. So even um, if they offer it back to you and they're insistent. If, they, if they're if they insistent, they're like, like I mean, it depends on the context of the conversation and the relationship. You know what I mean? If you're like, no, really, you know, take it home. You know, we won't use it. You know, we won't drink it at home. Like, take it like you'd enjoy it. I'm really glad you brought it. And somebody's really doing that. It's more awkward to force them and be like, I'm leaving it here over my dead body. Like, that's awkward. Don't be weird. But, like, but don't ever, ever, ever make a play to take it back with you. And don't, and, you know, and if, if it's going to get offered, you have to refuse it a little bit and be like, no, no, seriously, no. I don't want it. Because there's nothing worse. And you've seen it where people will come, they'll bring something to a party. And they'll just, like, leave with it. You uh-huh. know what I mean? Like, take it, like, right back and be like, I've seen people bring, like, you know, oh, I brought you this, you know, bottle of wine or whiskey or something for the party. See when the bottle gets drank halfway and then you see them cap it back up and put it in their cold pocket. It's just like, don't, listen, don't do me no favors, buddy. This exact scenario is like four Seinfeld episodes I think I've seen. There's oh, the, yeah. This is like the marble rye mm-hmm. and when Jerry gets the pen from his buddy, yeah, yeah. like, take the pen. Yeah. And uh, I'll say this, though, and I'm... I, not necessarily in this case. I think this lady made a mistake by taking the wine. I would have just, I would have said thank you, and then as I'm leaving, like put the wine down on the counter and just left, right, and just been like, all right, here, fine, right, whatever. Yeah. Hide it somewhere yeah. in their house. Yeah, <laughs> it's in like their towel closet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and again, I, I've mentioned him once already. A shout out my my good friend Adam Goldstein, my longtime friend, uh-huh. who stands behind this mentality. If you are offered something three times, even if you he doesn't want it, he's gonna take it the third time. That's like, a good rule. Take this bottle of wine. No, I don't want it. No, 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 take it. No, I really don't want it. No, no, take it. Fine. Fine, I'll take it. But I resent you for it now for forcing me uh, to take this bottle of wine. Just usually, it's it's good to go with, you never make a play to take your item back because it's gross. And um, But never, you know, go with the path of least resistance here on this, I think. You know what I mean? Like, don't, if somebody's really adamant that you take something... It, what, depends on what it is. Okay, so let me ask you this question. That's true, then. too. Depends on what... Because wine is the specific thing here. I yeah. think if you bring a bottle of wine that you purchased yeah. for this event, that bottle of wine belongs to the host. To the house. Guest. That's, yeah, yeah it's house, a house bottle, for sure. If you bring a macaroni and cheese that you made as a dish for, like, a party, you take that back, right? You don't leave them with all your leftovers, do you? Uh, is that negotiable? Right, yeah, like, I I'm going to leave some of these... I mac- would leave it there for them. I, so the question there, what you do, the way, I think the way that you handle that for the etiquette is you ask them, you know, as the party's wrapping up, like, hey, do you have a Tupperware I can throw the rest Tupperware. of this mac in so I don't have to leave you with this dish to wash? And you take your dish back. Mm-hmm. And then maybe they'll be like, oh, you know what? We've got so much leftovers. It was great, but take it home. Or they'll be like, oh, sure, here's some Tupperware. And then you let them make the choice yeah. without them knowing that they're making the choice. That's fair. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think I'm. I always err on the side of anything you bring. You should just leave and let them do whatever 100%. they want with. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. What's your go-to to bring them something? Is it always a bottle of wine? Ah, uh, beer usually. Beer. There's not enough people who are actually wine drinkers. We aren't going to like like fancy dinner parties or crushing wine. I think a wine is just ubiquitous enough where it feels like a gift you can give somebody and they're going to be like, okay, thank well, you. It's like, yeah, it's right? like the standard, it's the standard, like it was the standard cultural thing of, especially like the 90s and like early 2000s, you know what I mean? What about um, bread? Seinfeld, the marble rye. Would you be pleased if someone brought you like a fancy loaf of bread as opposed to a bottle? There's a lot of people who are gluten-free now, I suppose. Right? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, that, that'd be fine. I would take the bread, I guess. <laughs> 
<laughs> Take the bread. I, don't know. I like the idea of something, you know, I don't, it's tough when somebody brings something because then you feel like you have to put it out, right? Somebody brings bread or they bring a cake or they bring a dessert or whatever, you feel like you've got to put it out and offer it to the you people. Ever... You know what I mean? So that becomes tough and I don't want to put somebody in the position where I'm forcing them to put something out. Did you ever go somewhere or have someone come over and bring you some food for like a party or an event and whatever they brought you looked terrible? And you had to put it out because it was brought as a gift. And you're like, this does not look good. Now I got to, like, take a bite of it in front of you. No one I know really is, like, a terrible chef. But I feel like that's something that would happen, right? Like, someone brings you some crap. And you got to put it out because... I saw somebody roll up to an event one time. Um, I won't say exactly where. I won't say exactly who with. But I, this person did it. They were well-meaning. They were well-meaning. And they rolled up to, you know, whatever it was. Everybody was bringing trays of food. You know, big. Everybody eating. Almost like a family thing. And it was a tray of baked ziti with, the, the sauce wasn't great, but whatever. Not every not sure. the park with sauce. It might have just been from the jar. But this person told me that they didn't have any mozzarella to melt <laughs> over the top. So there was no, yeah. no right. mozz to melt over the top. So they substituted on the baked ziti, they substituted Velveeta. <laughs> and it was the <laughs> grossest thing. <laughs> and it's out there. And so you can't oh, you man. can't have nobody uh. touch it. We used to have a girl at a place I worked, a girl who was on our staff when I worked at the brewery, and she would always make cookies, mm. and they're always terrible. Yep. But she was so sweet. She was just a weirdo. She always made cookies, and they were bad, and nobody would eat them, and she would feel really yeah. bad about it. So I started every time I would walk through the kitchen in you know in the mm. office where the cookies were, I would grab a couple and throw them out. Yes, good. So that That's way, nice. That's good. so that way, it looks like somebody's taking because you don't want her to feel put out. Like you're out of your way to make these cookies. Throw out a couple cookies. You think somebody snacked on one? You know what I mean. My, uh, Meanwhile, people are breaking crowns on their teeth on these things. My poor aunt Dolores, when we were growing up, she uh, she would make the rolls for Thanksgiving in one year. One year, she burned them real bad. Oh right? yeah, yeah. My for grandmother did that one year. Damn near twenty years, we've been giving yeah, her a hard time. 100%. About, oh my god, I feel so. Even now, I do it. I'm like, hey, don't burn the rolls. Ah, yeah. Same thing. Same yeah, thing in my family. My grandmother <laughs> forgot to make. She was, she you know, cooking for yeah. twenty five people, and especially she was getting a little bit older. You know what I mean? Losing a bit on the fastball. Um, she it completely slipped her mind to make gravy. She didn't realize it until we all sat down at the table. Oh god! And man, we were bombing on her, and she was such a good spirit. <laughs> she was such a ball breaker anyway, and she knew. You know, and she was she was playing it up. She's like, "Well, I guess I'm just not gonna come to these anymore. Time to put me out to pass drives. So you don't have it anymore." You know, we were all just <laughs> laughing. I don't forget the year that she forgot to make the gravy. Uh, all right, that was good. All right, uh, I got another one of those, but we'll do it with uh, Kevin and Justin after the break. So, Kev, thanks Heather for- and Justin. Yeah, that's right, Heather and Justin. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll I won't week. be back. This is it for me. This, this is week. it for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we'll be back for two hundred. Yeah, this week. Yeah, uh, I have a couple people in the pipe. In the pipeline for who it Gross. could be. <laughs> for who it could be. Uh-huh. Uh, we'll see next week. I'm totally, I'm not quite sure yet, but I got some good options coming Sure. Uh, all right, brother. I'll see you uh, when I see you. Thanks for doing this first part with us. And yeah. Then, uh, we'll get right. to the interview, and we'll be back in just a minute. All right.
surprised. I was like, wow, she's really, she's I, really killing it out here. Oh my god, <laughs> thank you. I didn't, I didn't know. Oh, <laughs> uh, see, folks, when you've been on the show a bunch of times, like our guest here, Michelle Truitt, uh, you've been on, this has got to be. Damn near your fourth few, or fifth time yeah. you've been on here. Yeah. You're almost near the five timers club. <laughs> uh, I just assumed that I was like, I'll just put the recording on and she'll just figure it out. Yeah, oh <laughs> no. That's my own fault. I'm sorry. No um, worries. Welcome again to this podcast <laughs> for episode 199. You've made it to the episode before the our cusp. 200th episode, right? Yeah. And I and I have to tell you the truth. I I don't know what we're gonna do for 200 yet. Like people are asking me to like you have some sort of big plan. I'm like, no, I don't, because this is still a pretty regular like yeah, part of my should. life. Yeah, you should. That's a big milestone. 200 is well, big. The weird part about 200 is it's actually not a milestone of anything because we do an episode per week. So technically, it would be 208 is a right. That's our four year anniversary, right? right? right. Because it's 52 yep. weeks a year. So I always feel like it's always weird to celebrate 200, and then eight weeks later I'm going to be like, yeah, four, four year years. anniversary. Yeah. yeah, it's like, isn't it the same thing? Well, but... that'll buy you like eight weeks to figure out what you're going to do. <laughs> so go for the 208th We have to take an eight-week vacation. That's my plan. Oh, I'm, not, so I'm not allowed nice. to at this point in time. I'm on vacation from work, but I'm not on vacation from this. Yeah. When's the last time Never. you've had a work vacation? Um... Well, I take like long weekend type of things. So, That's pretty and, and I consider like a, a weekend away a little mini vacation. The last time I took a no, week off was a long time ago. I actually noticed that I, I'm about, th- let's call it four days into this vacation. I was Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, mm-hmm. but I always have Saturday, Sunday off, so it wasn't the late yeah, vacation. Yeah. I'm already a little Antsy. angsty about like what the rest of my week and next week holds. I'm already thinking about like, what's next on the docket? <sighs> I know. And I'm in education, so for me, this is a really tough time of year for us. And I do want to get into a little bit of your education stuff that's been going on with you and DeAndre. Because yeah. I know that he just, uh, yeah, because that's really cool. We got college uh, I asked him day. to come down today. He's off of school. I mean, <laughs> he interns with me. I'm like, D, you can see how a podcast works. He's like, no. he's He actually is sitting at the table filling out scholarship information. Yeah. So Yo, I was like, you know what? You, you stay right there. Yo, let me tell you, we've done a lot of this scholarship. Well, we might as well get into it now. So, so your, your son is... Into chose Temple. Is he that what chose he's Temple University. Yeah, that's pretty big. Does he know what he wants to go for? Yeah, he's actually very specific. He's going for graphic and interactive design, and graphic. their program has an entrepreneur's study mm. uh, that's worked into the major. So mm-hmm. he takes classes at the business school as well. There was that something that he. I'm only curious because I talked to a lot. I of didn't kids. push him into. No, it. No, no, I'm <laughs> curious because. I, I speak to a lot of kids on a regular basis. I have like 255 kids in my yeah, program full yeah. stop. And of the seniors, there's at least 60 of them who are right in the process of going through, they have to decide the next three weeks, basically. Yeah. I yeah. some kids who are real far ahead who know exactly what they want. Yeah. And I have some kids who are still like, ah. Stressing. Yeah, <laughs> I don't even know yeah. what college I like yet. You know what I mean? So did you, what was your sort of advice uh, to DeAndre when he first started like looking around at college? Oh man, we went into like every aspect of it. But mm. the first thing, that there's a wonderful woman in financial aid up at Utica College that comes to uh, Notre Dame where D goes to high school. And she comes and does the whole financial aid thing every year. Yeah. But it's more like, I told her she should pack this up and take it on the road and do a TED Talk. Was it She's so good. No, it's, I can't remember her name, but she's phenomenal. She is mm. at Utica College. She works up there. Okay. It's just, oh, I wonder if she's H-O-P over there. I know a lot of folks over there who do... I'm going to get back to you on that. Get back to me. We'll talk she's afterwards. Because so, she's so phenomenal. <laughs> but she does. She doesn't get into the nuts and bolts of like the finances until she talks to us mm-hmm. about like figuring out where your kid wants to be. Mm-hmm. So that was the first conversation to say, do you want to go to a city? 
how comfortable are you going away? Like, um, how far, you know, Mm -hmm. are you good with four hours, two hours? You want to be close because that is probably the most important thing for some of these kids. I'm talking to some of the kids in our entrepreneur Academy and they just want to stay at home. They are comfortable Mm -hmm. being at MV or Utica college. And that is their, that's their plan. But other ones they're like, you know what? I want the big city experience. Let me go try it and see if I like it. I have a kid right now who's choosing between Utica college and, um, St. Lawrence University. Okay. St. Lawrence is giving him HEOP. He got into the HEOP program. Perfect. For people who don't know what that is, that's an educational outreach program for yeah. kids if they need help financially or based on their background, things like that. They're paying basically all of his St. Lawrence tuition. Like, everything. It's an expensive school, and they're like, here's all the money. Ooh. And we are in the process of trying to convince him that to it's go. a good idea to go even though he'd rather stay in Utica and be here around, like, his family and friends. I'm like, no, right. not every school is going has he, to. Has he visited it? He has. I think the idea is that it's a smaller, like, it's a more secluded mm-hmm. area yeah, than, it like, is. it's not like Utica. I think he wanted to go to, like, a bigger city, honestly. Like, I think that's what was exciting to him. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm trying really hard to be like, well, I can't tell you what to do, mm-hmm. but I really think you should take advantage yeah, of all this money they're throwing yeah, at you. Yeah, that's another thing is like the, the, the that's mm. the money, of course, is a factor of it. Mm. So actually, we, we got a couple different packages. He was debating between RIT and Temple. RIT is where I went. Yep. RIT actually gave a better package. But in the end, we were like, you know, there's a big pro, we had pro and con conversation yeah. and said, That's you know, if you, if you go to Temple, these are the benefits of it. You're in the city. If you go to Rochester, you know, and it was even like, can you have a car there? What is your, you know, availability to maneuver yeah. around the city and do things? That's you know? what a lot of my current kids are struggling with because they want to go to University of Albany mm-hmm. and they are in the, pro- or sorry, University of Buffalo. And okay. they're in the process of like looking for apartments outside of like the school's dorms to try and save some money and that's like a big nightmare for Ooh, them. And, and, was, and then how do they get in and out of campus and then they miss yeah. out on that whole like living in a dorm campus like thing did you, you know? do that when you were growing yeah. up yeah i i didn't do that growing up i went to mbcc mm-hmm. and i went to hunter college in new york which yeah. uh much like i think a lot of kids you have to sort of feel that that didn't have dorms necessarily like there were hunter college dorms in manhattan in 78th Street, and they were crazy expensive. You were better off just getting an apartment. Right. But that was also time and place. You're in a big, giant city right. surrounded by apartments. Right. I'm concerned that, like, some of my kids are going to get too caught up, like, living off campus. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't mean to get so far off There's, track. No, that. no, that's good. That's that's a big part of it. I have uh, the girl I've been mentoring for many years is at SUNY Morrisville. Oh, and right. that was I one of the. She is having a great time, and she oh. is doing really, really well. You know, and she's 45 minutes from Utica, which yeah. to her is. A big stretch, you know. It's very, it's very rural down there. It's beautiful, but she's doing great. And I said, you know, you got to do it. Like I, I sold to her the fact that it's like stability. So yeah. you were there on campus, and you have a place to live. You've got your food plan, so you yeah. always have food. You always have shelter. You've got heat. You have lights. You have Wi-Fi. All of that stuff that yeah. in the real world, and she always jokes that she's like adulting. <laughs> she's like, I don't want to adult. But, you know, that stuff is taken care of. You're in this kind of like secure holding pattern mm-hmm. where your job is school, and she's doing yeah. awesome. Um, Yay, kids. <laughs> I have a question for you, and I, I just I want to bring this up because it's something I've talked to a lot of my kids about, mm-hmm. and... We, were, we sort of grew up in the generation that told us, you know, uh, go to school and go to college and get a degree. Yep. And if you get a degree, you get a job. Be and a then, lawyer or a doctor. A lawyer, right, right. <laughs> Nowadays, it seems like when you tell kid, you ask a kid, 
what's the thing you want to do when you grow up? Mm-hmm. The more appropriate question seems to be, what are the five things you want to do when you grow up? Ooh, because it good. does seem like people are expanding outward in terms of what they want to do. Yeah, that's um, good. I like that question. Well, it's interesting to me because I do think, I ask a lot of my kids what they want to do, and they, they know what they like. I like technology. I like mm-hmm. sports. I like being athletic. I like whatever it is, like mm-hmm. many things. But I don't know how to make that a job. My job. Mm-hmm. Right. I think that's something that we struggle with, especially as yeah. young teachers, trying to get kids to understand the tangible benefits of jobs that don't seem exciting to them. I wish someone had sat me down 10 years ago and said, let me tell you about what a plumber does. I, w- we've, we've, I have had this conversation all week with people. And I say, you know what? Like my, my parents never went to college. My dad only went to sixth grade. Yep. So it was that. And I remember them saying, like, go be a lawyer. Because I think they got divorced and they saw how much lawyers made. And they thought that would yeah. be a good job. Oh, yeah. My so bitch. picking a school at that point in like the mid-90s, they were like, you know, good luck. My dad, till this day, he's like, you still do something in art, right? I'm like, yes, that is what I do. <laughs> But we were like, I felt like we were on our own. I was on on my own paying for it and like figuring out what classes you take. And now that, you know, you've got 20 years under your belt and you've you've been out for a little bit too, you know, you're like, oh, you take all this stuff. I just want to pay it forward to help these kids, including my own. Be like, hey, here's what you need to do and look at. I spend a lot of my time with my kids specifically telling them the things that I screwed up and that Mm -hmm. they shouldn't do. I'm like, look, I'm 33 years old and I have another semester to finish like my grad school diploma. You don't want to be... 33 years old doing research papers. Like, I know you, it sounds, maybe you do if it's your job and you're getting paid for it, but when it's education, <laughs> it's like, I've been so far, I was so far out of it for such a long time yeah. that I was like, no, do this when you're young and your brain is still firing at like 100% and your synapses are all still working. Like, you, I think that, you are I'm, right. I, I swear, I think I've reached, like, I'm trying really hard to get finished because I think I'm running up the end running up toward the end of my ability to get it done. <laughs> I think I've lost that. I'm also, it, it's the same thing too when I do like math with kids. Like, when's the last time you, you saw someone, kids' homework and had to help them with it? Oh, it's been a while. It's been a while, De- right? DeAndre Cruz's. That's what I'm saying. Like, I had a kid come up to me a couple days ago and be like, Mr. Sam, can you help me with this geometry problem? And I said, yeah, I know geometry. Uh, 180 degrees, 360 degrees. And then yeah. I was looking at it and I said, oh my God, it's so different now than it was yeah. when we learned it. That I don't even know where to start because even if I figured this out the way I know how to do it, it's probably, it's not probably the wrong way. It's probably the wrong way sure. now. And teacher will be like, well, who, "Who taught you this?" Right. Um, so we got way <laughs> off on the college t- search tangent. I'm glad we did because it is something that's super important. And we are, I want to say, less than three weeks away from National Like Decision Day when people yeah. have to put it's it on May first, right? Yeah, May first. Yeah. yeah. I wonder if any of my kids are gonna or screw it up and just not put their thing. I'm, I'm really concerned that I'm gonna get. They got to least... do it. They can't like halt and not do it out of fear of or indecision you know they've got to just you got to dive in that's another thing you know you just have to tell them like you got to take a risk you got to try it yeah and you got to go and if you're getting money and you, you got a good opportunity you got to take it when is uh when is he leaving for a temple um that's a good question i was tr- actually sitting to look at my august <laughs> schedule to find out when move-in day is we, we got to we were just so excited the past couple of days just getting prepared? the deposit in are you prepared for move-in day yeah, I'm totally. Prepared. You're ready. You're into yes. it. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Parenting, I always say, is like a band aid being slowly pulled off, mm. and by the time it gets to it, you're you're ready. I know I've I've given him enough tools. I see how yeah. he operates. He's very diligent. He's thinking about rooming with with another kid from mm. Notre Dame, nice. who's very disciplined.
bland and very routine, uh, good nutrition, all that good stuff. So I think it'd be great. I would actually recommend it, honestly, just because as a guy who lived in New York for about a year and a half on my own mm-hmm. and then ended up moving in with people I had known, yeah, it was a definite uptick to go from living with strangers to living with, with people you were familiar with. Yeah. And it's not to say that the people I lived with who were strangers were... I just didn't know them. Like, you didn't... It's nice to come home and see, like, that familiar face and be like, man, let me tell you about yeah. this world out here that we're both sort of fighting <laughs> our way through, you know? Um, so, uh, you have a lot of things that we're promoting here today. I want to get into some of it. Before we get too late, I know I always do this. Um, this, uh, you have a whole week of stuff coming up here for spring break week here at the Children's Museum. Yes. And as the marketing coordinator, I felt it was important that we finally, after I ignored five-year emails, <laughs> to get you to come in here. Uh, and talk to us a little bit about some of the stuff coming up at the Children's Museum this week. Sure. So this week is spring break week. Today's the only day that the museum is closed. We're just getting ready for nice. the week. So we're going to have full activities and themed days from Tuesday all the way awesome. through Saturday. Awesome. Closed on Sunday because Sunday's Easter already. God, I know. Isn't I it? know. <laughs> I better get an Easter basket I've together. I've done no candy at all, anyone. <laughs> I might have eaten some peeps already, but that's okay. But, yeah. So to, uh, do you want me to run through like kind of yeah, each yeah, day sure, quickly? Sure, like sure, what, sure. what's going on? So tomorrow Absolutely. is uh, Reading Rocks Day which is pretty cool. So there's an organization called First Book. First and, Book. Yep. They hmm. have, um, they just believe in equality of education and mm, make sure that they it. are giving, yes, <laughs> it's actually a, a very nice, a very nice organization. It's hmm. been, um, I forget the number, it's been millions of new quality hmm. books that they have given away to kids mm-hmm. all over the country and beyond. So WUTR, our friends up there, oh, yeah. kind of um, had this opportunity come to them and they looked at the Children's Museum and said, I think this would be something great for you guys. So we have an order of 450 books they're really cool a lot of disney books that came in and tomorrow tuesday we've got five different um local authors Mm. and local media personalities that are coming in to read so we're calling it like a mega story time there's like five stories i I love that you are i love that the idea of the book day because and something i noticed you put on your twitter this week or on your facebook that beverly cleary turned 103 and what a big deal that was for you yeah Uh, but i do think of all like we talked a little bit about technology earlier on and how it sort of like maybe we need to start scaling back a little bit mm-hmm. and maybe we're going to push back. Reading is one of those things that even today's kids, even my high school kids, still love to read a physical book in mm-hmm. a way that like oh, that's you, good. you think that like computers or Snapchat or Instagram or Fortnite or whatever would kill Take that. Over. But there is kids, I don't know if it's certain kids or just the kids I see in my classroom, but my kids still read a lot. And it makes me pleased that their yeah. books oh, are still awesome. so accessible in that way. And stuff like this is... A big reason to like help mm-hmm. support getting books in the hands of kids because I've said for years that like I'm not a good exercise guy, but if you want to exercise your brain, I, I can read that. I can read, and reading is exercise for your brain. That's my stupid quote. It about sure that. is. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. But go ahead. Yeah. It. No, so yeah, we've got uh, Rachel Witter from UTR oh, and Big Papa's coming in from uh, 1025. <laughs> Big Papa. Big wrestling fan. Love him. Yeah. Oh, he's awesome. Yeah. And then we've got uh, Dave Delachise has a brand new book out. Yep, uh, we had him on a couple weeks ago. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can't wait. I haven't read it yet, and it's I want to really get cool. it for my nephew. So. You know what's funny about it? When he came in, to, he brought a physical copy of the book to mm-hmm. show me when he did the, the podcast. And, um, you know, the artwork is very simple and very great yeah. when you look at it, but it's actually, once you get it in your hands... There's a level of nuance to it that's really, really, really subtle. Feel, that doesn't feels it, good. It doesn't the tr- the level of nuance in the artwork doesn't necessarily translate from computer screen to like the physical copy. Like mm-hmm. I looked at the physical copy and I was like, wow, it's so much 
like more nuanced than, than just like a little cute picture. Yeah. There's a lot to it. I really love it. I can't it. wait to see yeah, it. It's really cool. So I'm excited about that day. Mm. So we've got a free book for every kid who walks awesome. in. That's and then really we've cool. got uh, James Davis who heads up the Samaritan Center. Mm-hmm. He has a book called Positive Pete Penguin's First Book Ride. I'm into that for Say sure. that a few times. <laughs> he's, uh, he's also bringing a couple of uh, cases of those books to give away to kids too. Nice. So um, yeah, bring bring the kids down. Reading Rocks mm. Day. Then we get to Wednesday. So we're doing like indoor mm. camping day. Nice. So we've mm. got um, the animals that we're bringing in. Deb Kessler, who's our development coordinator, has like yeah, the Deb. coolest she's got. <laughs> yeah. If you need the weirdest, coolest, most awesome stuff, Deb has like somebody on speed <laughs> dial with it. So we're going to have in there uh, goats, uh, a 300-pound alpaca is wow, coming to really? the museum. <laughs> Ferrets, uh, bunnies, chicks. There's this great little farm down in Morrisville called mm. um, Little Bitty Farm. Yep. And I'm they, sure familiar with that. They yeah, brought yeah. some things in uh, this weekend for Easter, nice. so they're bringing a bunch of animals down. Mm. And then we've got um, Wood Creek Reptiles, so we're also going to have the other flip <laughs> side. We're going to have some snakes and lizards and tortoises mm. in there nice. as well. Deb's got like some tent things going on. There's going to be a kid casting contest, and we're doing uh, complimentary hot dogs and uh, make your own s'mores station. So, indoor camping. Who came up with all these ideas, by the way? Is this all you? We brainstorm. We, we kind of get together and say, what can we do? Because <laughs> I, I always ask Kate and Justin stuff like this about it, too. Like, when they come up with some ideas. They come up with great stuff. Yeah. But I, I think that I'm... It, it makes me wild, because I think about this when I'm at work sometimes. Like, people come up with, like, so many crazy ideas. I'm like, you gotta... You must have found this somewhere. Where'd you find that? You know, yeah. there's like a database somewhere. Yeah. Well, we look at like the resources that yeah, yeah. we have and, you know, again, mm. the people that we know and everything. So that leads to Thursday and Utica Day. Yes. So why why not? Exactly. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about this. And I was a little disappointed that by the time I read your email, yeah. I found out this is the day that you were sort of targeting that I'm going to be in Casanova yeah. for most of the I thought that would have been cool to yeah. like, show kids what a podcast is or even like get there and ask these little kids, yeah. like, what do you like about Utica? Wouldn't that be an interesting <laughs> perspective to see what yeah. they like and don't? No, it's a great idea, and I'm disappointed that I'm going to be not that I'm disappointed to go to Casanova with my students. Yeah. But I'm, it's I was sad that I didn't read about this until a week. It's all ago. good. We'll we'll bring you down for something else in the future. But so, what's tell me a little so more about Utica Day? Utica okay, Day, yeah. we've got a couple cool things. There's going to be some very special guests. So we have a mm-hmm. gentleman named uh, George Papura. Mm-hmm. He's 84 years old, and for 20 years he has been building mm-hmm. these little wooden models of Utica landmarks and churches and oh. theaters and. Cupies and Voss and all this huh. stuff. So he's had these things. He has a an auto dealership, a small yeah, auto yeah. dealership on Ariskany Boulevard, and he's had them there. So we have a couple big display cases that were open, and so we've got a whole new display of Utica models. Are they? This is gonna sound stupid for people who are listening. Are they the little square flat ones? They look like storefronts, and they're flat like an inch a, and a half. A couple thick. are, but they're mostly like uh, three dimensional. So he okay. he uses all reclaimed okay. objects. Like he'll find stuff on the ground or see, see things like the mother load. He'll I, pull his car over. And I only some asked wood. because I was under I, for a second there. I thought that it was something that I had one of because I've seen. Oh, gotcha. I think I've seen what you're talking about. I'm like I think. I yeah, they're all, they're all very unique. He's yeah. made like the Utica uh, brewery tro- the mm. brewery trolleys cool. and all sorts of stuff. So we're gonna have a little ribbon cutting for mm-hmm. him. We are gonna have um, Katie and Justin are coming in nice. for an hour good. during good, their good, lunch, good, good, good. and they are gonna promote their kids' day at Handshake City. Oh yeah, and mm. they're gonna play Utica Bingo with good. the kids, which we made up like specialty little Utica Bingo. I'll uh, I'll make sure that you get a couple copies. Knowing, knowing Justin the way I know him, I think Justin gets a bad reputation sometimes when people just in terms of his. He kind of looks like a crazy character. He's got long oh, hair and the beard. But he is weirdly, kids love him. It's yeah. insane. Like when we go to like uh, events with like Made in Utica people, he's 
Uncle Justin. He's a kid, kid magnet. Oh my god, the kids chase him around. I don't understand what it is about him. <laughs> That's like, good. It's crazy. Oh, I'm looking He's forward to He's surprisingly good with kids for a person who's surprisingly bad with adults. I don't know. <laughs> oh <my laughs> love you, Justin. Gosh, love you, Justin. Love you, Justin. So I'm excited to bring them in and cross yeah, yeah. because Handshake City is right underneath the bridge mm. on the other side from the museum. I was just going to so. say, it's relative, you know, it's, you can almost just follow that one road right around right there yeah. and get to the back of it. Exactly. Yeah. So we can do some things as they're having uh, events mm. over the summer where we're, uh, you know, cross promoting, which is nice. Mm. And, um, then we've got Deb from the Utica Peregrine Falcon Project, yeah. who is lovely. She is mm-hmm. actually going to bring in a red-tailed hawk and talk a little bit about. So we got animals like all animals over, which all is the great. <laughs> and then this is my favorite part of the week. So we have got teens that either I've met through the Young Entrepreneurs Academy mm-hmm. or wherever. So I've got about seven different students who were born in different countries. So they're doing some community service projects, and they are going to have tables. So they've got a little trifold, and they're going to teach kids about the country that they come from. So it's going to oh, have wow, a map. Really cool. It gets cooler. So they're going to oh, have like, they're, right. like the, uh, their flag, a, a couple fun facts about their country, um, mm. their national animal, national bird. Then when our young visitors come to the museum, they're going to get like a little passport type of thing mm. when they walk in. And they're going to go around to meet each of these students. Oh. So they get, you know, a cultural influence and they get to see kids mm. who are a little bit different than them and learn about different mm. countries and what makes up Utica. And they're going to have a sheet that they're going to learn five different words or phrases like hello, oh, goodbye, thank right. you, please, and I love you oh, I in it. all the languages that the kids speak. Oh, man. So. See, I, this is going to sound so silly uh, and it seems off topic for a second. But when I was a kid, uh, I went to Ellis Island. So mm-hmm. I went to uh, Statue of Liberty and yep. Ellis Island with my mom and my sisters. And I always remember this. I don't even know if it's there anymore. But they used to have this big, giant glass uh, picture of the United States. And then, the, you know, Alaska, Hawaii on the side. Mm-hmm. And uh, you could type in, there was a board in the front, and you could type in your nationality. Mm-hmm. So I, I grew up associating myself, and I didn't take a 23 or me or anything, so I don't know what <laughs> they told me. I grew up under the impression that I am primarily uh, Syrian and Italian. That's okay. it, my two... And then there's a little bit of German and French and other stuff mixed in there, because we were, we were kind of mutts on one side. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but I remember typing in Syrian... Like, there's a button for Syria, right? And you hit the button. And what it does is it puts up the numbers of the amount of, like, immigrants or refugees who come over from that country to the United States from, like, state to state. Oh, cool. And I remember looking at New York State, and New York State had a significantly larger number of Syrians than, like, any other place. like, 10 Syrians in Idaho, but, like, mm-hmm. like 16,000 in, you know, whoever it was in the yeah. United States. And for whatever reason, that moment was really important to me of sort of like understanding what it meant to sort of like oh yeah my there there is something about like people coming here from like my roots aren't just here but they're based farther back and it helped to understand and I think making connections and those little connections that you don't think always sort of stick open up your brain in a different way mm-hmm. and I forget how, why I got here I forget what we were talking about before we got here uh, there was a point I was trying to get to we were talking who were we the, talking the, about the kids the different nationalities yeah yeah, yeah. And... I think Weird connections, like you don't always notice what will spark your excitement to learn more about like where you're from, mm-hmm. right? It was that moment for me wondering, huh, I wonder why so many people from Syrian descent decided to come mm-hmm. here that sort of sparked my interest in learning more about myself. And mm-hmm. I think that's the point I wanted to get across. Like, yeah. how do you 
get people excited to learn more about their heritage while still celebrating the person that they are, right? right. And that's a good way to do it is sort of open them up to all the people around them. Yeah, yeah. I didn't mean to go That's ahead. nice. No, I, 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 <laughs> I love, I love this thing tangent. that we're doing on this day because, you know, I, my, um, one of my big things I've been working on for the past couple of years is, you know, everybody will say, oh, Utica is so diverse, right? That's one of our best things. Yeah, it's sure. like no traffic, the best food, yeah. you know, geographic location, <laughs> and we're so diverse. Mm. But being diverse and being a pie chart on a piece of paper is one yeah. thing. Being inclusive and having friends and getting you know acquaintances and giving people opportunity yeah. and assisting for people who are from different places is another mm. thing. So trying to work the community to become diverse mm. and into inclusive. Mm. So this is a great thing. I mean, yeah. kids will come to. We've got uh, kids from Sudan, from yeah. um, Burma, from Poland, from Morocco, mm. Pakistan. Oh yeah, and they're going to be able to meet some very different people mm. on Thursday at the museum. And then uh, we have a Friday event, or sorry, you know, Saturday yeah. event. Friday's, uh, Friday's uh, all F's day. Fitness, flowers, finance, Friday. Beautiful. So we've got AmeriQ coming in to do nice. a little financial jeopardy. And we've got fitness stations. And then the Boilermaker Urban Garden is coming mm. in. They helped us last year as well. We're going to do some seed planting nice. that the kids can take home. I have to ask, since we're almost here at the fitness day, uh, I noticed that you are training for Boilermaker this year, oh, yeah. as well as yeah. the Syracuse Half Marathon. Look at you. Yeah. Are you? I, I love that you uh, <laughs> you stalk my Facebook I page. I <laughs> I do a certain amount of professional like, Oh my research. God, how do you know that? Oh, okay. I, put, I put that out there in the universe. It's okay. It's okay. That, that's actually a real microcosm of stuff that happens to me in public. Because I say stuff on this show that I forget you even that is said. out into the world, right? right. Like I, I've said some personal things on this show before about like my my parents or my relationships and growing up a child divorce, my uh, my relationship with religion, like all these things, and yeah. people will just come tell them to me, and I'll be like, why do you know that? And exactly. I'm like, you just talk about it all the time. I'm yeah, like, yeah. oh, yeah. Thanks for listening. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like weird kid. But yeah, so uh, I think, you know, especially now as I get older, I wish that I had spent more time understanding fitness at a young age, because I think if you learn young enough, it's easy to keep those habits going on, and yeah. I have a hard time picking up good habits in my mid-30s. Yeah, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't start doing any of that stuff until I was like 30, snowboarding yeah. and running and all that. Because, you're a pretty active yeah. snowboarder, which is, must be a down. Yeah, you know what, though? We didn't get out once this year. No, no. It was, I don't know, it was either weather-related or mm. DeAndre's got a job, and he's, he, mm. you know, that's uh, winter is also gymnastics um, competition season, so mm. we at all i'm so disappointed in myself but it, it might be easier next year when he's in college and he comes home for go, a month i didn't go camping at all this year that's one i really wanted to go like i have a camp up north and we just didn't go this year it's like Man. i don't have time just no time uh, nothing yeah we've, we've got to make the priorities for that type of stuff you know we've got to make that happen because what well, brings you joy it does you got to find those little moments i didn't mean to cut you off though there's a no, fitness uh, fitness flowers yeah, that's and friday and then lastly saturday we've got uh science saturday so the future engineers over at mbcc mm -hmm. are awesome they're in probably about once a month so they're doing a bunch of stuff this saturday called uh the excellent science so they're doing a bunch oh, of stuff nice. with eggs so oh, these yeah. kids can do egg yeah. drops yeah, and yeah 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 we might be having cleanup uh but we'll can see I, tell you, I tried did you ever do the egg drop growing up we never did the egg drop. No, I think we had egg babies, or maybe. Baby. Oh, were you gotta keep the. We had egg, egg alive. babies. Yeah, and we had flower babies. <laughs> did I happen to notice that my good friends from Kobe are doing that one on the twentieth? Yeah, 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 we yeah, have. Yeah. You know what? Adirondack Bank, Quad Simia, Americu, and Kobe are all yeah. helping us sponsor yeah. the week, which is huge, and then we can bring these great things to the kids. But shout out to the guys. Kobe's from awesome. Kobe. Shout yeah. out to the guys from Kobe. I gotta get my buddy Doc on here eventually to yeah. come do the thing. He's been a, one of my closest friends since we were like playing music and metal really? bands. Really? Oh. I you know he know likes what, his metal bands. He loves his metal music. I, I could tell you some stories about him. He's a great guy. He's also, I mean, didn't mean for this to be a Doc conversation, but uh, <laughs> Doc from Kobe is one of 
the smartest, like individually smartest people I've ever met. I'm going to have a master's in a year and a half, and I still get intimidated talking to him because he is smart and inquisitive, and he does that thing that really smart people do where he'll ask you a question, wait for you to answer, and then say nothing mm-hmm. so you feel the urge to continue talking. You'll be like, yeah. Okay, I gotta, I'm going to elaborate some more because this is obviously not a good enough answer for you. <laughs> yeah. uh, but one of these days when I when I work up the nerve, I'll get him to come on the show yeah. and talk about and it. And he's got phenomenal hair. I love um, his he's hair. He's always had amazing hair. You should, see he... when he's, you should see him when he's playing guitar because he gets a good hair whip uh, going on. Oh, it's, it's nice. quite the look. Uh, I, wanted to talk <laughs> as well, I wanted to talk as well quickly about uh, May 9th before we get yeah. too far oh, away from yes. it. Because you have your uh, Levitt Flip lineup it, launch party. Hats, yeah, yeah. Quick. Yeah, so we... Um, we and do. that's 5 to 7 p.m. at the Delta Hotels. This is the launch party lineup event. Can you tell people a little bit about what that's going to be sure. about? So, uh, actually, Justin and Katie are helping us put together mm-hmm. um, a video for this year for the launch. So, typically, oh, nice. we just kind of say, Here, here's the stuff, and here's yeah. our artist. Yeah. And you can go take a look at them, and we trickle things out. But we're actually going to get some music videos from each of the um, headliner artists so that everybody can oh, get a cool. feel for the genre yeah. and like what they sound like mm-hmm. and everything, get everybody pumped up. So, we figure we do it inside, and uh, Delta Hotels has been a... A, um, our hospitality sponsor mm-hmm. for the past. This will be their fourth year. So they put up our artists and when they're yeah. coming into town and treat them wonderfully. So we're going to do it in the lobby and we're bringing in Lily Ruth Music, yep. who is one of our Young Entrepreneur Academy students <laughs> who is building her business around her ridiculously phenomenal singing. I mean, this girl is out of this well, world. I saw you talking about she performed at like the Fort Schuyler Club, which yeah. you're hanging out Last at. Last Friday night yeah, she yeah. was at the Fort Schuyler Club. But I mean, man, you could you could hear a pin drop when she sings because mm. people are just drawn to her. It's very emotional. She's like a ballad singer. Mm. Oh, man. There is something, and there's something too, and I've, I've talked about it for years of being a musical theater guy and playing guitar in bands. Uh, when you see someone, it's, it's different to hear something on the radio, but when you're in the room with somebody and you hear that physical, you almost feel... The, the way that people sing and react in mm-hmm. certain type that performance those performances really yeah. remind They're you what moving. it's like to watch you're like wow some of these yeah. there's some talented people out there in so, the world. She, she's definitely going to be one of our mm. local openers for the season mm. uh, we haven't plugged her in yet but the um, the headliner lineup this year yeah. is tight I mean oh, it's, nice. it's probably our best one yet we've we've had great great people come in and um, perform for us but this this lineup is great we've got some bands coming from all over the country and they're free. They are free concerts all summer. Now, this is the fourth year in a row? Fourth year. Fourth year in a row. Yeah. Um, and we've talked about this almost every year. We've had you come on and talk about yeah. uh, at least this, at some point in time in the process. And every year I always ask, now that we've had it four years in a row, now that we're back again, is there ever any concern that we'll get sort of so used to it that we won't get the same excitement to keep promoting it every fifth like you know we have to sign up every year to get it back in like yeah. is there ever any concern that we're well we're hoping this so year what what levitt the levitt foundation did last year was the th- there were three cities that sure. were vying for their fifth year so oh, okay. they pulled yeah. them out of the um the public voting oh, nice. period and they gave them multi-year funding oh, cool. so we and uh, us in carson city nevada are two four-year yeah, um, yeah, yeah. recipients so we'll be in our fifth year next year so we're hoping they continue with that and oh, we good. can um, put our application in and maybe get a three-year guaranteed awesome. uh, funding See, that's, really, that's sort of what i was wondering is there like yeah. uh after you've done it for a certain amount of time do people just sort of tie in that's what it? they've been doing and, really and they cool. always say like they, really they're cool. growing and expanding the um the program as they're going to. So that's what we're hoping for. And that's just a, that's a free event at Delta Hotels. Do people have to get tickets or anything? Um, it's just a happy hour. So Delta is putting nice. out some snacks. We're going to have the live music and mm. then everybody's on their own for nice. the bar. Can I say, I, I think this is a little offhand. I've done a 
bunch of work down at the Delta Hotels last few months uh, mm-hmm. because we have our Empire Summit coming up in a few weeks, yeah. Uh, yeah. which we have to do. I'm going to be at that. Yeah. You're going to be at that? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'll be very busy running around like a maniac. <laughs> I'm going to um, go look at my notes for that. Uh, outside of that, uh, I have to say, I don't go to the Delta Hotels very often. So when we went back to the Delta Hotel, I was it's shocked nice, right? at how much, how quickly and how beautiful, like the amount of work they've done in there. It yeah. looks amazing. I like using it for, actually, Katie and Gia and I will have our Love It meetings there. And yeah. You've got those nice tables. Mm. You can grab a drink mm. and like plug in all your stuff, but it's a great mm. spot to kind of hang. Tell me a little bit about the Fort Schuyler Club, because I see you notice. I noticed you're yeah. talking a little bit about here. I, I yeah. feel like I've never what actually... What do you gone. know about I don't know Fort anything Schuyler about Club. the Fort no Schuyler Club. <laughs> <laughs> I know they have an excellent logo. I love their old school logo, the little FSC logo they yeah. have. It's oh, great. Thanks. Yeah, We yeah. just actually switched over, because we had a logo that was kind of an illustration, which is, yeah. is, is, is just hard for some applications. But the club, in a nutshell, is mm. a private city club. Mm. So it's a country club, pretty much. But nice. we don't have the, the pool and the golf and all that type <laughs> sure, of stuff. Sure. So we're one of the oldest in the country. And it started in 1883. Mm. We just had our 135th um, anniversary last year. So it's pretty much a social um, a social club. Oh, nice. So my husband and I um, have been members since we've been married. I have been working there doing the marketing mm-hmm. communications for 14 years, and I'm the secretary of the board there as well. So it's a real special place. There, they, it was built in 1830. So that building itself, mm-hmm. right on the corner of Court and Genesee, is one of the oldest standing buildings still in Utica, and it was built That's by really cool. a guy who came, a young guy so who like came Court to work on the okay. Erie Canal. Yeah, yeah. Oh. That's really yeah. cool, actually. That's and awesome. Moses Meansbag actually married that guy's daughter, and he lived mm-hmm. there. He was um, a doctor and had his office oh, wow. right in our front office. See, look at you. Schooling me. I love it. This yeah. Is oh, it's a, spe- it's a special place. It's really cool. Uh, that actually leads me to a little bit of a question I was going to ask you. I'm talking this the quote-unquote fake news section of the podcast because okay. I'm not sure if Facebook <laughs> is lying to me. Okay. <laughs> I went to your Facebook page, yep. and it said that you just recently celebrated your wedding anniversary on March 13th. No. But then the other research said on October, so I can't October, tell if I'm yeah, wrong or not. October 27th. Regardless, yeah. you've been married for almost nine years now. Actually, it's been 11 years. Wow, so I'm terrible. Yeah. See, I'm an idiot. Well, so, it'll be again, 12. Fake yeah, news. 2007. Well, I, I bring it up because we do like a millennial corner slash parent corner uh, slash like married corner for a lot of folks. Yeah. And I just asked, you know, I grew up with, in a, I grew up with as a child of divorce. Yeah. Uh, and I think in today's cycle, like staying married for a decade is that's a big deal. It's impressive in today's world. <laughs> what sort of advice do you have for, for young couples trying to stay together for a decade these oh days? Oh, my gosh. You know what? I think Brett and I are an anomaly because Brett Brett and I met when we were older. Sure. We have our own businesses, and yeah. we are both very independent. And I think, you know. There's probably something to that, though. There is. You know, yeah, that, I mean, that's what I love. And sometimes, you know, we'll have a plan. We'll have plans to do something. Yeah. And you'll be like, oh, you know what? I really got to work on this. Or I'm like, oh, I'm really behind on this. Do you, do you mind? And then the other one's almost like relieved no. because they can still keep doing their work, too. <laughs> I don't know if it's the healthiest thing. but No, I, I do know. think, though, that sometimes uh, people get too invested in the idea of themselves and this other person together all the time to the detriment of themselves as an individual. And I yeah, think that this... Uh, yeah, well said. You know what I mean? I, you yeah. don't want to... It's good to have a partner. It's good to have somebody who's there to sort of be on your team and a good face to see when you get back and someone to support you, but... Not if it's at the detriment of you losing yeah. the person that it, you are. It reminds me of uh, Parks and Recreation when yeah. Anne was, uh, like, Leslie called yes. Anne out. And she's yes. like, you know what? You turn into your boyfriends Yo, when you're, you, you know, you go to the grunge thing. phase, you go to this. I, I know many men and women who do that yeah. regularly as opposed to I think to I probably up. used to do that when I was young, too. But it's a young I, person's game. Because you, you want to be 
the things that you see in other people that you admire, right? right. Like, and you're still trying to figure your own crap yeah. out too, you know, and who you are and what yeah. you like. And... and you know, we're going to talk about YA really quickly for a minute, mm. though. But I think you know that's a it's tough even now. And again, it's confound it's confounded by the tech and the the internet generation yeah. and the way that people interact with each other is different now. It's harder to be confident in the person you are mm-hmm. because there's so many other people, whether it's locally, in your community, or digitally in the world at large who you're comparing yourself to. And it really makes it easy to bring yourself down. Yeah. Aren't you glad we grew up and we did? Oh, my God. Even though we were children of divorce, it wasn't that bad. (laughs) I think, I actually think that I probably would have been better off being born another 10 years earlier. If I'd been born in 76 as opposed to 86, mm-hmm. I think my... And the Care, same, careful now. That's I, when I was born. <laughs> no, I'm saying, I, I think that my mentality for... I, don't, I wouldn't say a simpler time, but a more like... Um, a more analog time, if that mm-hmm. makes any sense, where yeah. things were a little bit slower and you yeah. could sort of grind... Because I think about it from playing in bands, right? By the time I was playing in like punk bands around here in the mid-2000s, people were not interested in, like, local music in the way that they were 10, 15 years beforehand. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, you know, back then, you could have, like, made a little name for yourself, and now it's different. The, the internet yeah. changed everything. All right, yeah. but I want to get to the uh, the YEA thing, the Young Entrepreneurs Academy, yeah. which is something you've been a big part of for a couple years. It makes me feel really good about the future, which is not... Unlike most <laughs> things I read in the news all the time, uh, it makes me feel really good about the future. What's something that... How did you initially get involved with that? And can you explain a little bit, like yeah. a little bullet line for what you guys do over there? Yeah, absolutely. So MV, it's a program... It's a um, it's a licensed program. So mm-hmm. yay, Young Entrepreneurs Academy yep. started in Rochester. And mm-hmm. now it's in 168 communities across mm-hmm. the U.S. and into India and China. Mm-hmm. So the students who take this, they're middle and high school students. They sign up to take the class. It goes from November through May. And in it, they build their own business. They do an investor panel, Shark Tank style, in front that, of real investors way. and get real money. Brilliant. Which we just had a couple weeks ago. <laughs> and then they do a trade show at the end. Nice. So at the end, they, they go down to the county clerk's office and they get their DBA. And they are business owners. Mm-hmm. So this was our seventh year. And we've had like you know dozens of kids who are out there. Some are still running the businesses. Some aren't. But all of them are armed yeah. with what it takes to do so if they want to later in life. And I think especially now, and I, I think... Again, I'm confused sometimes by modern culture and technology and things like that. But these kids, if they can really latch on to something that, they, that they're that they inspired by, they have more potential than anybody to get it out there. Like, the ability to promote themselves is something that kids are not afraid of. Yeah. Terms, especially if they have a good idea and they think other people will be Yeah, it. yeah. It, it's funny to see the gamut of, of students. You know, we've got one student who came through this year. She's a Burmese refugee. Mm-hmm. Her name is Doe. Yeah. And she's upcycling clothing. Yeah. And she is doing a phenomenal job. Not only does she do a great job at actually making the clothing and she's mm-hmm. learning how to sew and she's working with mentors, but she's going to be at the Mini Maker Fair yes. uh, this coming yeah, up yeah, weekend, yeah. right? And um, she's selling her stuff and she walks in there and she's like, I want to sell my stuff. <laughs> she's rocking. I've been lucky enough to have a couple kids from Young Scholars in the program over for the years mm-hmm. and I'm always like blown away by... Not only just the the ideas they come up with, but how like where their minds go with what they start with. Like like I remember my yeah. I have one student Jorge who started this a couple years ago. Jorge his, rocks. Uh, yeah. Jorge's great. But even like when he started talking to me about it, from when he first talked to me about it to when I finally saw what he was leading it up to, I was like, wow, this is so yeah. much farther ahead than I ever would have expected for somebody. He did. You know what I mean? he, it, not only did he do a great job at the work for the program, mm. but he was also so supportive of his classmates. He loves it. And he's so community-oriented. Mm. He's working at the Stanley now. We, and... Which was something that we... Uh, so we do internships. My job at yeah. Young Scholars is uh, community outreach coordinator. So a lot of my job in the summer Ooh. is 
driving between Utica College and all these different internships and just sort of making sure that everyone is... Wow, is, that's a big job. It's... You would think so. It's an important job, but it's not a hard job. I like that part of the job. Mm-hmm. I like stopping in to see Jerry Krause or whatever before... Or last year, at least it was. I don't know who it'll be this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but, let, you know, stopping in to see Jerry interacting with the kids. And I knew, I knew that Jorge was going to end up there. It just... It felt... Right, like they mm-hmm. liked him so much, and he liked being there, and it was mm-hmm. the right wheelhouse. It's, it's perfect and it's for great. him. And those are the weird little. Again, just those little moments are part of the reason why I got away from doing insurance sales and got back into teaching. Just those little <clears throat> moments of interaction with people exactly. make the whole world and, better. And seeing kids, like I'm, I, I love teaching, and this gives me like three hours a week where I'm not totally mm-hmm. engrossed in it. I can just get a taste of it. But I see kids who, you know, were in our first year seven years ago and one of them actually now works at mv and he was running a camp at the children's museum you know where i'm doing work and saw him last weekend just to see them grow into their own and see how some of this stuff is instilled in them that's great before i get into our uh lightning round questions Mm -hmm. here (laughs) i love those um i just want to quickly remind everybody what we talked about so april 8 uh so april 16th through april 20th all at the children's museum on 311 main street go to uticacm.org for more details you guys have reading rocks on tuesday camping day on wednesday utica day on thursday fitness flowers and finance friday and science saturdays i think this is a really awesome yeah uh well done running through all that information Uh, and then also which as we discussed uh coming up a little bit later may 9th at the delta hotels from 5 p.m to 7 p.m will be the levitt lineup launch party um so uh anything else i want to you want to promote while you're on here before i get those are my three big buckets of my life so i appreciate it you can follow michelle at uh at twitter she doesn't tweet anymore really at four i don't really tweet no yeah i I don't really do uh instagram either i'm just mostly on facebook but i'm I'm willing i'm willing to be your friend instagram (laughs) i've noticed is the one that i've taken the biggest hit on it's the one that i check the least it's the one that i forget about the most and it's probably the one that most people like the best which i feel like is the biggest mistake that i've made so far yeah um i do if you get a picture (laughs) of us before we leave before i (laughs) before we do that i got a couple lightning round questions for you okay uh because uh and because you've been on the show many times let's see what you dug up on me now (laughs) uh so michelle uh because you are surrounded by uh, students with either the Young Entrepreneurs Academy or the Children's Museum or with Dee doing his college stuff, I'll ask you, what is the most confusing current trend that you see with the young generation that you don't get? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, you know, the thing that I hate is them watching kids on YouTube playing games. Mm-hmm. Like, they're not yep. even doing yep. anything. They're watching yep. somebody else do it. It sounds great... like, well, he makes $2 million a year. I'm like, well, you're not making that watching him. Well, so. that's so that's the other thing, right? Like, for every kid, for every PewDiePie or whatever, the one guy who gets, like, 30 million people to watch him, how many people make YouTube videos of them playing video games that nobody watches? It's, <laughs> it's like, that's what I wonder. Right, right? exactly. Like, they all think they're going to be, ins- what is the term they use? Insta-stars? Or- uh, yeah, yeah, Insta-influencers, right? <laughs> Isn't that what, uh, that's what Lori Loughlin's daughter is. Right. Yeah, oh, I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 I was going to ask you, by the way, did you? How much money did you have to pay to get D on the cruise? <laughs> that was the same week that he found out he got into Temple. All that stuff broke. I'm oh. like, I swear, he got in legit. <laughs> I have to, say, I have to say, there was a moment when that broke down, and I had to stand in front of the classroom with my like my mostly poor, highly diverse like college like ready kids, and be like, "This is what you're up against, kids." A lot of folks just paying five hundred thousand dollars to buy a building or right. to put their kid on the crew team using digital technology. I don't, you know, what yeah. I mean, like. 
Yeah. And uh, it's, it's scary. <laughs> Somebody said in passing last week, they're like, you know, the big, um, how they should punish the students, or the schools, is actually make those students play those sports yes. that they yes. got it for. <laughs> put, them on the, put them on the soccer team. I will say, it's crazy <laughs> to me, though, that when you... The, the two big names from this were like Lori Laughlin and Felicity Huffman. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy if you look at the reactions of the two of them, how they both chose to handle this. Like Felicity Huffman was very much like, I am so sorry. I, whatever you guys tell me to do, I'll do it. Like I'm, you know, whatever, how much jail time she's going to get. Yeah. Lori Laughlin's out there like signing autographs, just like, oh yeah, no big deal. <laughs> I don't get it. It's like he, there's yeah. a reason that like. They both admitted, right? Yeah, and they're just no, like... she didn't. So what happened was. Felicity Huffman admitted it, or, or, or pleaded guilty, mm-hmm. so that when the next run of charges came out, like two days later, she had already pled guilty to the original charges. Mm-hmm. So she will get a lighter sentence than Lori Laughlin, who didn't uh, claim that she, you know, she didn't plead guilty, and then another 20 or so odd charges came out, um, so now she might damn near be in jail for 20 years, which oh, is man. Uncle Jail, Aunt Jailbird Becky, I can't believe it, yeah. pretty wild. <laughs> Becky! Uh, uh, so yeah, uh, so I'll move on to that. But that was my my one question. So modern technology, I guess. Yeah, watching kids play video games is a tough one for me because I grew up playing video games, and it sort of defeats the purpose. Because I used to, you know, I grew up from the Nintendo Super Nintendo era, where if you want to play video games with multiple people, you got to get your friends into a room, yeah. and then you got to pass the controller around, yeah. which is always like an argument yeah. in itself. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's just a different generational thing. <laughs> uh, okay, so Michelle Truitt, who would play you? In the movie of your life, <laughs> um, oh, the, there's two people that people tell me that I look like celebrity-wise. One is Juliette Lewis, Juliette Lewis from okay. Natural Born Killers okay. and right. <laughs> Natural Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Oh, great movie! The and the, I can't remember her name. It's Carla something. The mom from Spy Kids. Okay, oh, Carla Gino. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I like. She was in. Oh God, what was she in? I Probably just her. She Probably was her. in. San Andreas, where she was the yes, rock's, the yes, rock's her. wife. Yep. Oh, I, they, yeah, we'll do that. I'll be the rock's yeah. wife. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was thinking to myself, like, wow, what a beautiful child they would have those two. Uh, all right. Uh, what is There's, your... Uh, speaking of podcasts, Rock is on Oprah's podcast. Oh, is of he? all things, uh, Soulful Conversations. It's a gr- His background, I had no idea. It's a really, really good podcast. Take a listen. He's a, a fascinating guy. He and, is. Um, I don't mean to have a Trump conversation, but I think that one of the things that when Trump got elected... That sort of he sort of broke the idea that there was a limit for who could be president now because any person you say to me who's like they're running for president I go well, that's okay. crazy but I'm like well you know what I mean if you told me that the Rock was running for president ten years ago I would have said that's insane yeah if you told me the Rock was running for president tomorrow I go yeah all right yeah I mean yeah I vote kind of makes sense I'd have to think about it I wonder what his platforms are yeah. um, he's got a great background you check that out he's, he's got a great really back good too. He's very strong. Yeah, yeah all that too what is your favorite Fast food items. Might be a tough one if you don't eat fast food anymore. But <laughs> Oh my gosh. Um, does Chipotle count as fast? No, that's like fast casual. No, I, like, I like McDonald's <coughs> cheeseburgers. I can't even front. I, I, do like, I do like tacos at Chipotle too. I do like a quarter pound of cheese from McDonald's. That's a good Although, one. I feel like a McDonald's hamburger and a Big Mac leave a lot to be desired because there's not enough uh, beef patty in them. Yeah. It's a little, it's a little lax. Yeah. Uh, what advice would you go back to give your younger self? Oh my. So much. Like, where do we start? <laughs> you know, honestly, like we were talking about earlier, about kind of like 
taking on personalities and likes of the people around you while you're yeah. finding yourself. I mm. think that something along those lines and just like, yeah. you know what you love. Mm. Like, don't don't be afraid to, to hide that or to put that aside for other people. I tell my kids a lot of times, you know, a great way to start if you don't know what you're looking for is find people you love or respect or people you know and just say, what did you do? Right? It doesn't mean you have to do exactly what they did, but it's a good idea to get an understanding of the path that people took to get from one place to the other so you can sort of compare the journeys and see if that's something that actually appeals to you. Uh, all right, I got one last question for you. I got two more questions for you, I suppose. Uh, I thought that was a cat. Uh, <laughs> uh, What's a movie that you always stop and watch if you are flipping channels <laughs> Shawshank on Shawshank Redemption? Shawshank Redemption, yes. Uh, that was, okay, so I can tell you from my era because there are certain, there's a thing back in the day on TNN or TBS or TNT, whatever, and they would do the thing where they air a movie like four times over the weekend, and Shawshank used to be on like that. It'd yes. be like, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Shawshank Redemption. I'm like, wow, all four days. I don't know why I love that movie, man. Yeah. It's Dirty Dancing, too. I mean, you got it. That's a good one. See, Grease was like that for me growing up because I had older sisters. So Grease was on constantly. If it was on VH1, it was on. That's a good call, though. Shawshank's a good one. That's a good one, dude. If you could be in any band, past, present, who would you want to be? Oh my god! Like in Vogue, in or Vogue, something, something like that. Like one of those really like you know badass female R and B groups from the '90s. Maybe Salt and Pepper. Saltsy. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna change. That's good. Salt, Salt and Pepper. pepper. Yeah. Uh, and, last, and last but not least, uh, give me one book, album, movie, or show you are currently reading, listening to, or watching. Mm, I just started a book last night, ironically, about a Syrian refugee. Hey, and all right. She um, is a swimmer and became hmm. a. I can't not remember the name of it because I literally just. Oh, we'll, we'll look it up afterwards. That's pretty yeah, good. It's a good one. Are you not a Game of Thrones person? Did you not stay up last night to no, watch Game of Thrones? I, I didn't either. I'm I on didn't the have HBO for a long time, so now I feel like I'm like too far removed. I got to do a lot of yeah. catch up and I don't have someone that time. told me that I, I think Justin from Maybe Utica he's a Game of Thrones person and he told me he's like instead of watching Sopranos for the ninth time why don't you just start Game of Thrones <laughs> and much like The Wire which I've also been told for years is like the best show ever and then I should watch it it feels like a big investment it even is. though if I once I get into it I'm sure it wouldn't be that big of an investment but from the starting point like I feel like I don't want to commit to seven yeah. seasons of sitting down to something right now. I just right finished uh, Downton Abbey, and there was like six. I just kind of put I it on the laptop I, while I'm working. I never understood. It's uh, good. Is it a dramatic, is it like romance? Is It's it, both. It's, it's, what's the, it's the drama. Catch? There's a little touch Historical of Historical drama? Is that... It is history. Okay, you would, you okay. Would so like that's, that's kind of what I guess is It little... goes from the late 1800s to like World War One in England. It's, uh, it's pretty good. I felt very fancy for the past three weeks while I was listening to it. <laughs> uh... Michelle, congratulations uh, on everything you've been doing. We appreciate Thanks, uh, everything you do for the city. And again, uh, congratulations for D getting into Temple. Thank it's you awesome. very much. The Temple Owls. Temple Owls. I'll, and I'll... thankfully for you, you probably won't have to pay as much loan back the way it sounds. <laughs> <as soon as, laughs> yeah. That's another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Michelle, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, and thanks for always joining us. We appreciate oh, you being on the show you. for as many times as you can. Coming back. Thanks for having me and helping me get the word out. Always a pleasure. Uh, and a busy weekend. Yeah, thank you very much. Back to the show in just a moment. Thank you again to Michelle Truitt. Always a pleasure to talk to her. 
Uh, I feel like this is... I didn't even look because I've been so, like, uh, behind the eight ball today, but this has got to be getting up on her fourth or fifth time being on the show now. Oh, She's yeah. been on almost every show. year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Almost every year for Levitt, you would think, and this almost. is what, their fourth one I feel now. I like it's three times I've heard her yeah. since I've been on. Yeah, so yeah, so there you so go. She's getting in that, that high-ranking club there. The, 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 five, the five-timers yeah, the exclusive. club. It used Very to be, exclusive. Well, it used to be the two-timers club. Because I thought it was funny to call somebody a two-timer, right? I was like, that's, that's two- yeah, yeah. Uh, but that wore out its welcome pretty quickly. You became the uh, town doorknob. Everybody needs a turn. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you look, as I mentioned, Kevin is Kevin what? is Kevin is, <laughs> Kevin is not here. Uh, he is out driving in Albany, driving to Albany, driving back from Albany, something like that. I hope they keep him. <laughs> they keep him. Uh, of course, Justin Parkinson of Maiden Utica is here, and Heather Waz. Uh, I'm just happy to see you guys. It's nice to get the two of you together on the show. Uh, because I think it's important to note, I give Justin a hard time, Heather, but there was a period of time as we get toward episode 200, which is next week, um, that Justin was on almost every week. In, yeah. the, inter- in the intermittent <laughs> period between uh, the Mara to Heather transition, or the weeks that Mara... A lot of, yeah, even when Higgins couldn't make it originally. There's uh, a lot of fill-in things there. It was like, yeah. The I, third spot on this podcast has always been sort of a rotating spot anyway. It was always... It was it was Higgins. I'm trying to think. It was Higgins, and then it was you sometimes. Cliff and then for a bit. Cliff for a while. Mara. Cliff... Cliff, I liked having Cliff on. The problem with Cliff is that it was all just three like white dudes being like, I agree. You, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, you literally agreed with everything. It was a bunch yeah. of angry... Like back and yeah, forth, yeah, like yeah. There was no uh, bag. Yeah, it was we a were vacuum. They couldn't just get out of their own. It was the, the, the smug cast. Yeah, the, the, smug, the smug cast. Very yeah, smug and yeah, very well known. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Brilliant. I agree. I agree. A lot of mustache twirling. Uh, a lot of fun we had though. And then after that, it was uh, Mara for a little bit, and then she moved away. And uh, and then Heather has That's joined me. us. I think much like my stepdad, you've been here longer than my real dad. And I <laughs> yeah, that. that makes uh, me feel so good. Saw your dad this weekend. You did see my dad. Popped this in weekend. for a visit. Very, very strange. That was a weird. I've never seen your dad. I went by your mom. It's the second time I, I think what, yeah, you've I met him. Yeah, I don't know what's so weird about it. We sat around and watched some soccer and eat some tomato pie and had some beer. Like, what's the big deal? It's a great point. It's a great point. So, a uh, couple of things. We're gonna we have a new set of stories that I was gonna do for the second half. So there was stuff I covered with Kevin that I wasn't going to cover with you guys. Okay. Uh, but very quickly, I'm just going to run through a few of these things that we talked about if you have any takes on them before I move past them. Uh, Tiger Woods won the Masters yesterday. you have any takes on this? Kevin and I talked about it. I do. You want you want to get a quick oh. take in on this? before? Oh, all right, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no I, I felt, after all the bad, I felt like I was watching this guy try and try yeah. and fail miserably. And now to see this was, I don't, I'm not a big fan of him, but I was kind of happy for him. <laughs> we sort of talked about the divisiveness of Tiger Woods. He's one of the more divisive athletes mm-hmm. in uh, in the world yeah. in terms of like how people either really love him or really hate him. Uh, I saw on the internet, as I mentioned with Kevin, a lot of vitriol. People being like, screw this guy, he's a scumbag, all the stuff he did, he's getting away with blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but then I mean, I, but part of that's true, but he yeah. still has to make a living. Yeah. You know? and also, like, especially a guy who blew his living. He deserves <laughs> the right to make it back. But I also know at least two people who had, like, visceral emotions of joy because Tiger Woods was their favorite golfer, yeah. and it meant a lot to them. So, well, my take is, because this is the Game of Thrones thing, as I tweeted out earlier, I was like, <laughs> uh, uh, Tiger is Game of Thrones. Like, he's this... He's his quest is this journey to regain his title back, yeah. right? And there's a lot of these side things and journeys he's had to go on. Like if you were cheering for Tiger, you're pretty much getting the plot line of like Game of Thrones, right? Like it, it seems like all these terrible things have happened to yeah. him, and then all at the very end, 
he's the rightful heir. You know, he's, like he was meant to sit on the throne the entire time. We just had to figure out how he was going to get there. I'm going to try and make a Game of Thrones reference. He's Tyrion Lannister? No. No. Okay. Jamie Lannister. Jon Snow. Cersei. Jon Snow, these people? For sure. He's not Jon Snow. Yes, he is. Yeah, guys, well, if you think about it, yeah. He's the rightful heir. Are you guys both Game of Thrones people? I've stopped at yeah. season three. Okay. I have to start and watching you, it again. Did you watch the new episode last yeah. night? Oh, we did. No spoilers. Don't, did you think it was don't. good? Yes or no? Yeah, I mean, I don't think, at this point, it doesn't matter if I like it or not, or if you like, if anybody does, mm-hmm. right? Like, eh, I'm not going to convince somebody to watch it if I say the first episode was good, and I'm not going to be able to sell it to a point where people are like, that sounds terrible, I'm never going to watch it. Like, yeah, it was fine, it was exactly what I expected for the show I've been watching for eight seasons, it was totally fine. I don't know, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I don't understand why people, people are so upset about it. People put <laughs> unrealistic... people get so attached to TV, what? I don't understand. Well, that was, I, I think... Angry at everything, angry at remarks. <laughs> I think a big part of it, too, is, and it's a weird HBO thing I noticed, people have these expectations for these HBO shows for some reason, that they're going to be, like, some transcendent show. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like Westworld, when I was in on Westworld... Oh, uh, I think people got burned out because they kept expecting some, like... Waiting for the ending. For something. And I was like, I think if you're waiting for the ending of this show, you're not watching it the right well, way. You're supposed to sort of get caught up in it. And it did get about, a little convoluted. So how about crazy, one though. ending to the four... Yeah, <laughs> any I of the many yeah, right, 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 right. fine. I'm yeah. cool with that. Let's stop yeah. adding time leaps with no um, endings and let's wrap up one of these weird <laughs> worlds you. you've introduced. Really <laughs> let's get going. Uh, I saw the, the Westworld uh, the Westworld people on like Reddit and Twitter were trying mm-hmm. to use the Game of Thrones hype to get people excited for Westworld. And I was like, it's not going to work. Yeah. I, I don't right even think I finished the last work. two. I, I did. did. I, yeah, I can't remember. What, I yeah. Did. Uh, all right, so other than that, we talked about uh, the pictures of the black hole, which were fine. Right. Um, we talked about uh, how no religion is now the number one religion in the country, according to a recent uh, poll of just past yeah, Catholicism. Definitely. I'm just surprised. I'm not surprised that uh, it's true. I'm just means, I guess, more people are willing to say that they're not religious yeah. than they were 20 years ago. And the flip side, just people don't probably have the need to tell you. It's, it's a hostile, even it's political almost to an extent. You don't want to yeah. open up. There's... One line um, when I worked at the Hergram home, this guy says, like, never talk to people about religion and politics. Like, it's a cliche thing, yeah, but that's, that's true. true. Yeah. It's like, you just don't ask, and if you have one thing, you don't always say it, right? Yeah. Like, even with sure. something we are saying, there's a lot of people that are going to vote for him that just weren't openly out there at the coffee shop mm-hmm. telling you, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean they don't exist. They're just not engaging in the conversation mm-hmm. about it because they know it's probably provoked for some other response. Uh, and also, this we didn't talk about this with Kevin, but it just sort of happened before uh, we came on to do the air today. Have you seen anything going on at the Notre Dame in Paris yeah. with the fires going Huge on? Fire. It's on fire. It's like burning Do they down know right how now. How it started yet? Or no, anything? nobody knows anything about that just yet. Uh, but that seems to be the the story is that it's beyond repair. Looks yeah, like. Well, yeah, it's yeah, going like, down to the ground. Yeah, <laughs> pretty. It's just wild. It's been there for how long? It's been there. You know what I mean? You'd think. How many other places in the history of time have probably been burnt down, which is the sad thing. Could you imagine how many other towns have suffered that fate mm-hmm. that we'll never know about? Oh, yeah, you know? that's true. Uh, all right, so and I guess I was going to talk about the movie The Quiet Place. I was going to do one of my I-just-saw-it-late reviews, but I have 30 minutes left in it, so I'm going to... I'm gonna. Uh, I can't believe you stopped at 30 minutes left. Because well, you guys came here. I, didn't I know. Wanna... The meta review would just to be quiet about the review. It's really... Yeah. Yeah, I don't say... How was, re- how was it? It was good. <laughs> yeah, it was good. Yeah. Uh, uh, so I will... I, I guess I have some history lessons. I guess we'll blast through them. But I didn't highlight anything. Oh, so good. I guess we'll just sort of... And it, well, it's nice because Justin doesn't normally do history lessons. So maybe he'll give us... I know us... the most about history out of everybody. Oh, so they... I'm leaving. <laughs> historical fact. Um... On this day, 1865, uh, we talk about this every year it rolls around because I'm a nerd for it, but uh, Abe Lincoln is shot by John Wilkes Booth. Oh, wow. 
allegedly. Alleged. Alleged. <laughs> uh, uh, my favorite video in the world is that video of the old guy on the game show from the 1950s, and his name is Samuel. Yeah, Stearns. and he's still alive, and he fell on his way here with a fat eye. Yeah, he's yeah. He, they so, still put him on. They're all smoking Winston's. What? Yeah. So it's this old game show called uh, so Let's. Let's make a deal. No, no. keep us. Let's guess as a secret keep or something. A yeah. To oh, keep okay. a secret, right? Okay. And the idea is they did like or a I thing a on. Do you remember when Nickelodeon sort of did the show Figure It Out? Okay, it's the show Figure It Out, okay. except from the 1950s and sponsored openly by uh, cigarette cigarettes. Winston okay. cigarettes. Yeah. So everything's like Winston cigarettes presents game shows. You know what I mean? And uh, just smoking a cigarette, funneling <laughs> the whole conversation. And it's this guy. I want to say his name is Samuel Stearns, but I always screw it up. But you can find that on the internet. Yeah. It's on YouTube. He and fell on his way to the show. Yeah, he's this old man. He's the last person alive to see the the, the Lincoln assassination. Oh. Okay. And they bring him to the show, and they're telling the story that when he came to New York, he fell and he had to go to the hospital. And the, the doctors told him it. he shouldn't go on the show, but he said, I came all this way. I'm coming on the show. <laughs> it's it's pretty wild. Probably He's, the last chance in his life he'd be able to do a TV show. It's a great yeah, point. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> be through all that and be on a TV show. He probably had to ride a train at the time. There's, like, no luxury travel. <laughs> and I got to say, I don't know if there's a nice way to say this. He was old in the in a decrepit way. He looked like the like old would... crooked man. Like he was all bent and he had like a big goiter on. Yeah. He was a very old, like an ancient oh, he looking had to be on man. That game show. I would have argued true. he didn't even be in the right mind to make that decision. <laughs> oh, no, he knew he was there. Also, I got to give the guys on the credit uh, the credit the contestants on the show because they figured it out in like six questions. They were on this guy real quick. Like they were yeah. like, was it a presidential thing? Were you there for something bad? Was it Abe Lincoln? It's like, wow. Jesus. Jeez. It was like quiz show. Uh, so they couldn't even finish the whole cigarette by the time. <laughs> uh, on this day, 1970, uh, the Apollo 13 mission to the moon was launched. Uh, it was the allegedly allegedly, allegedly. Uh, successful launch from Cape Canaveral, Florida. <laughs> Carrying astronauts. Do you remember the names of the astronauts? I only asked because they made the movie about Kevin it. Bacon, Tom, Tom Hanks. Hanks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, James Lovett, uh, Jim Swergel, and Fred Hayes. Uh, the ship's destination was the Highlands of the Moon. Uh, they were to become, uh, I want to say what the number is here, but they were to become like the third or fourth people to walk on the moon or something they along those lines. They famously did not. Famously did not. Yeah. Famously they rotated not. and looked out the window, remember? They could just, um, yeah. Are they the Houston yeah. We Have a Problem originators? Yes. Or was that added yeah, to and the that movie? was a real was that no, added to the movie. That's actually a real quote. It wasn't Houston we have a problem. It's Houston we have a problem here, which is the direct quote. Okay. Uh, oh. Is what they said. Uh this was because an oxygen tank uh blew up while uh, disabling the normal supply of oxygen, electricity, water and light. Yeah. I just Can you imagine getting that call no. <laughs> coming in? What I you, would expect it. I would almost be more surprised if they didn't have problems, you know, being shot it's in the true. face in the 80s or whatever it was. You, you know, like, it seems like there's issues galore. All, everything the I fact know, that they can even talk to people is amazing. <laughs> everything I knew about, I know about space, I know from, like, popular fiction, mm-hmm. right? So, and the assumption I've gotten is that any problem in space, like, any little problem becomes massive, right? Like, yes. Like, it's the end like, of my life. If I have a crack in the window of my car, I could probably drive with it. If you have yes. a crack in the window of your space shuttle, you're, you're probably going to die, right? Like, yeah. there's, it's, so to think about what it would have to be to come up with, like, plans and counter counterintuitive plans or, like, you know, countermeasures for things when they go wrong on the fly like that, that's really, I won't dig into all the details here, mm-hmm. but a lot of what 
helped those guys survive was people at NASA having to yeah. fit like square pegs in round holes at home and hope that it well, works. There's a mm-hmm. lot of interesting stuff that's coming around later about NASA stuff with like how many people actually may have been kind of not sacrificial lambs, but how many bad scenarios you haven't even heard about in these mm-hmm. testing phases. I mean, there are people literally willing to die for this, even going into it before I mean, you even hit that space level. Well, so. You don't shoot them into space without testing these things even on the ground. Mm-hmm. Oh, you mean like, like the, the early tests? Like, so That's what I'm saying. Yeah, Some yeah, people yeah. are probably so like guinea pigs. Like a, an army guy, just get in this tank and float around for two days. We'll come back and check on you. You might die. You never really hear about that guy. You know? I, I've asked Kevin this question before, but would you go to space? Like if you Hell, want no, 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 I don't like swimming no, in the ocean. No. It's like the reverse ocean. <laughs> That's what it is. It's like it's swimming the in the ocean. ocean. Well, it is. You have no idea what's underneath there or out there. How far are you uh, going swimming out? <laughs> I'm going to about the waist now. Okay. <laughs> uh, I won't. We'll, we'll move on from that because I can get into all the stuff that they did to survive. But it, there's a lot of it's in the movie. Like they, they just rationed. Would you rather out. be lost in space or lost at sea? Oh, oh lost in space. No. I'm terrified. I, I have to uh, tell you the truth. I'm terrified of like deep water. So for me, like I. I think space is like a noble way. I'd be one of the people. Shoot me out into space. I'll be a hero. Space monkeys. Fly me out into space with a helmet on. You're McConaughey. And, and, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. You're yeah, yeah. back up there on the other side of the bookshelf in a few years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like <laughs> like put me in there with like the test uh, ants and squirrels and stuff and shoot me out into space because I want to be the. I want to come back with the glory. You're not going to. No. no but, it, but I will come back from the middle of the ocean. swim on Earth. You can't survive I can't do space, anything. Right? Well, I can't <laughs> fly a plane, right? Because I have... Like I have bad yeah, vision, so true. theoretically I couldn't do any of these things, right? Because I have yeah. not twenty twenty vision, right? You have a better chance of rescue than the ocean, though, than outer space. At least I know there might be a potential chance someone's going to find me. Did you ever watch the show Survivor Man? Yes. They did the one where he, so he goes to all these places where, like the mm-hmm. the Arctic, yeah. in the middle of the jungle, in the middle of the desert, in the middle of uh, you know wherever the hell ever. The only time I've ever seen him not survive the week <laughs> was Lost at Sea. They oh. put him in a raft. And he, I think he made it like two and a half days. And a storm came in that he was like, yeah, that I will die, die if yeah. I stay out here. So <laughs> you got like yeah. shark infested water, yeah. salt water if you drink it or get it on yeah. you. And that heat, like there's all sorts of stuff out there that goes. I'll put it on after we're done here. I'll show you It'll the one. Just, it's really cool. Space would just end you immediately, yeah. right? Or if you become like a daemon and you're just stuck there, try, like that would be the worst. Loneliness, like oh, to yeah. know, to know, there's nobody. Like he, and Damon, the he Martian. made it through though. But there's nobody coming, right? Like, yeah. you just know you're yeah. in the long haul. The ocean, you you might survive a few days, see? and then somebody could just find you by Coast Guard or something. See, I feel like the astronaut thing, there's, like, an honor to it. Like, if you're going down and you're going through the atmosphere and you're in that plane, like, there's a moment where you're, like, holding your other bodies. You're like, it was an honor to be a part of this with you guys. Like, for for our country. I mean, like, there's, yeah. there's a way that you can sort of portray yourself and get up into like i'm doing this for the great the greater good of science and the world right you really want to do oh yeah (laughs) yeah, no i thought about that wait how about better this one more extension to this if you had to be like jack in titanic in space with the love of your life or in the ocean which one was the worst one to let go well i think it's a whole other side of conversation because i think she screwed jack because jack could have got in that door with her at the end of titanic when he's in the water and she's like you don't think so no did you also buy the theory that Jack's not real, that he's a figment of her imagination? Did no. I yes, tell you that, that one? He was fake the entire time. Allegedly. He never actually, allegedly. Allegedly. No, that's the, only, that that's the only thing I do believe, is that Jack never existed. The uh, movie never existed. The movie is all fake. Unsurprisingly, we've gone way too Sorry. long on these history lessons, so I'm going to skip past this one. Uh, Pulitzer Prize on this day in 1980 is awarded to Norman Mailer for his book, The Executioner's Song. 
look up the story of Executioner's Song as a novel. It's really interesting. Is it about space or the ocean? It is not about space or the ocean. Uh, it's about the death penalty. Uh, but <laughs> Which would be sending someone to space or know the ocean. That's my death penalty. There are three authors uh, in the fiction category uh, who have won the Pulitzer Prize twice. Can you name any of them? Uh, they're mostly like historically famous writers. So, don't the guy who cut his ear right off. at me. Oh, that's Van Gogh. Who is it? No, he's a painter. He's Who'd you say? Vincent Van Gogh. <laughs> <laughs> say? No, the guy. I didn't say Van Gogh. Are... I said the guy who cut his ear off. There could be a okay. Pulitzer Prize winner in there with one ear. I okay. did not guess these, so I, I can't. I don't know. Uh, it was Booth Tarkington, who I have no. I didn't know that one. Okay. Uh, William Faulkner. For okay. A Fable and The Reavers in 1955 and 1963. And John Updike for oh. Rabbit is Rich and Rabbit at Rest in 1982 and 1981. I feel like it wow. was two books, two yeah. years, two Pulitzer Prizes. Mm-hmm. 82 and 91, I'm sorry. Oh, okay. So, uh, nine, say, my, I'm sorry, like my bad. Lindsay Comes Sign Young stuff. Yeah, just two-year just, run. Yeah, my two best out. books. Then and yeah. never again. <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to pull up. I forget. I should have looked up what the Pulitzer Prize actually, like, what it's awarded for. Is it just like best writing, or is it like... Because you have to ask, it probably means little to nothing. (laughs) At least today. Well, Uh, (laughs) On this day, day, 2015, Elizabeth Holmes, uh, American entrepreneur, inventor, and founder, and CEO of Theranos, the company from that uh, documentary on HBO, The Blood Lady, the the inventor. Mm. Did you see that one? Mm -mm. Uh, They have all this stuff going on about it. This was the day that she was named to Time Magazine's 100 Most Influential People. This was 2015. Uh... The decline of Theranos at the time began right around then when a series of journalistic uh, and regulatory investigations revealed doubts about the company's technology. Uh, This story is getting a lot of play. There was a podcast called The Dropout that was about it earlier this year. Nightline did a report on it. Uh, The HBO documentary The Inventor Out for Blood in Silicon Valley uh, came out early this year. And there's a movie... Uh, with Adam McKay and Jennifer Lawrence yeah. coming out uh, next year. The so. podcast is also ABC News. They like really went in on it. It's a really fascinating story. Um, if you, I won't dig it again. I won't dig into all the details. Not here. as good as not as reckless as fire. I I found more the, enjoyment in the fire story because this girl, <clears throat> like, uh, she's not punished. I don't know where her consequences yet. She's still kind of going through her. I was saying his name. Her her trial stuff. Yeah. You knew that dude, that dude was in jail at fire. Yeah, that was the only thing. The Theranos stuff seems to still be going on she right could now. Get, who knows? What if she does no jail time? The story. Yeah. Like, that's a whole other doc. Like how the hell she get away with all this? You know? Mm-hmm. Like there's a alt. There's a whole missing piece to this story. Yeah. It's the like, conclusion. What's the end? I need to watch, I need to watch some documentary. What's yeah? Well, Justin comes in and yells at me about documentaries all the time. So he's always throwing documentaries at the yeah. wall. This one I actually found myself. And this is sort of the. This is like an add-on to. People are chasing like fraud documentaries all over the place. Ever since this fire festival documentary, I yeah, feel like a lot of this this criminal type of um, crime show type of stuff too. These murder mystery type of things. Everybody likes the being the sleuth detective. Yeah. I think and I like, am. being able to. <laughs> yeah. be like, oh, you should see my podcast. I could have seen that coming if I was just you know, and that, it's going to turn a bunch of amateur uh, investigators. <laughs> That's <out> there. me. <laughs> uh, there you go. And last year, 2018, uh, Kendrick Lamar became the first rapper uh, and non-classical or jazz musician to win the Pulitzer Prize for music for his album, Damn. Uh, it's a great album. Again, I don't know what What's a Pulitzer, the, what's the Pulitzer, Pulitzer Prize. Pulitzer Prize right? well, you can so, win it for an album or a or book. book. So it must be just a literary a, achievement. Literary achievement, yeah. fictional art. I don't know. I think it's more than books and yeah, it's music. A, it's probably more than those things. It's probably a lot of things. Yeah. You can win a Pulitzer Prize for journalism, I think. Or for, podcast. Maybe it's just excellence. It could just be like excellence, excellence in a particular field. Yeah. So you could win a Pulitzer Prize for being the social media, one, yeah. right? Yeah. Wendy's Twitter account. Pulitzer Prize for social media. You could do Uticast. 
Yeah, yo. The Pulitzer First, Prize we don't for know what the podcast. Pulitzer Prize is, and now we're just giving it to Wendy's social media. <laughs> That's where you've gone with this? Is that Wendy's? I'm just throwing it out there. I'm just having a good time. Lots uh, of value behind that. Wendy's could win a Pulitzer Prize. <laughs> uh, one quick last history lesson. This is. Have you ever seen. Uh, I'll start with this one, Heather, because it is sort of sports sea based. Have you ever seen the movie Major League growing up, the comedy movie? Who was in it? Wesley uh, Snipes, yeah, Tom Berenger. Yeah, yep. Charlie Sheen, yep. yep. Charlie Sheen. Uh, it is celebrating its 30th anniversary what? this year. Yeah, yeah. 30 years. I just saw that like 10 years ago. <laughs> it's still good. Like, it still holds up. It's the greatest baseball like movie it. ever made. I'm glad you said that because I was curious. Man, I've seen you it. You would say that's about, your favorite baseball movie? Not even close. Better than The Sandlot because that was the other oh, one. Oh, no. I feel like Sandlot is a more. That's a coming of age movie I know, that's about like baseball. A, yeah. That's a team. Like, those are kids being friends, playing baseball. <clears throat> Sorry, Major League Major League's interesting because it's it's not my favorite baseball movie. Because I think Sandlot's my favorite yeah. baseball movie. Mm-hmm. It's not my favorite sports comedy movie because I think Caddyshack is my favorite yeah. sports comedy movie. But I think it, it's in the argument for both of those categories. It's, it's two and po- three, right? It might be the most polished. I don't know. Some of it... Some of it doesn't hold up to me. Some of it now, when you look back. Really, at it. I think it's more timely than ever. If you look at like the Marlins, the Marlins could now. The Marlins could be. They would. They, if they remade that movie, mm-hmm. it, it should would be, be the Florida Marlins right mm-hmm. now, or Miami Marlins would be the Cleveland Indians. It's, it's one of those timeless people, movies that can kind of fit into any time. And all these baseball teams are basically trying to field the Cleveland Indians these days, minus the six other teams trying to win a World Series. It's like almost all of baseball. They should bring the back Cleveland the Indians. theaters. They should. I would say they probably are. I bet you they'd be doing a rerun in places. What about? Uh, a Netflix or HBO series as opposed to a movie. Like oh, a 13 league? episode series about a major league team on the come up at like you know what I mean? Like yeah. tell that story it. over it a series. It can't be like Ballers. It has to be a like right? No, or, a little um, more like Brockmire. E- 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 yeah, yeah, okay, I could do that. Yeah, yeah. I, all I had to do was say Brockmire. Yeah, I'm in. Can Brockmire be in the show? Yeah, he can be the he'll get hired. It'll be a crossover. He can be Bob Uecker. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. He gets crossed over into it. The best that's a hit. And I'll just say really quickly, and I don't mean to get a whole other conversation about this. My favorite modern sports movie or baseball movie, I think Moneyball is actually a really I've good movie. I've never seen that. It's one of the more surprisingly rewatchable movies about baseball that's only kind of about baseball. Okay. Some of the father's daughter yeah, stuff is a little over the head. Age right. story with baseball is the background. True. Well, um, what's the best part of Major League though, if you have to pick? Oh, uh, I would say anything with Bob Uecker. Anything just with... anytime Bob Uecker is on screen, uh, saying just a bit outside yeah. or drinking ball openly. Yeah, yeah, ball. Yeah, these guys effing suck. Yeah, yeah, yeah like that's yeah. like he's. I like when Lou Brown pees on Dorn's contract. Yeah, Lou Brown. Give me that old lady. <laughs> yeah, don't give me none of that. That guy's voice. That might be my favorite part of the movie. The coach's voice. Knock that stuff out. Throws it on the ground. And just pees on it. I'm so sorry about all this. No, so yeah, while you guys are talking, I'm like, what would be my favorite part? I don't remember. I don't. Well, there's a lot of the wild scene, things. Classic when he yeah. has, he comes when out he, at the end with his like sleeves all ripped off. Yeah, I'll what say one saves the day. Last thing about this movie though. We have not yet mentioned any of these scenes that we liked. The main character of the movie, Tom Berenger, which I think is one of the one fundamental flaws of this movie, is that it has too much Tom Berenger in it. He's, too much of his oh, like, like sad, sappy part. Him and like, Rene Russo, yeah, it like just, it kind of he kind of stalks her a little bit. Like yeah. he follows her to her boyfriend's house and like walks inside. Yeah, <laughs> well, super weird. She did him a little dirty. She, he did he did her a little dirty. Fair. <laughs> All right. But she okay. Yeah, I didn't mean to to get on. I didn't mean to get caught up on Major League. We um, did. She could have told him she was engaged before mm-hmm. him having to find out that way. 
So he hasn't let that go yet. <laughs> Thirty uh, I, years later. I just wanted to mention very briefly. Uh, we've talked a lot about the show Temptation Island here on the show. Did you see Justin that they're picking up a new version of Temptation Island in Spain? So there's a Spanish Temptation Island version. Temptation Island. I don't know. It's Island de Temptation. Yeah. Isle de Temptation. Yeah. Island de Temptation. Yeah. See, that's close. I'm telling you, I think Temptation Island is going to catch on. I think that no. we, we're ahead of the I curve proposed, on this show. I proposed the, how we're going to decide the pouring today as a Temptation Island-style contest. Oh, did to you pour at Saranac? Oh, yeah, just yeah. do the pouring at Saranac? We have eight I, spots yeah, open. We give I, them all to the women. The oh remaining spots open. The women will all compete like beefcakes. Oh, and we'll be Temptation is... Island into the pouring truck. What do you oh, think? Oh my god, this is already going downhill. What do downhill. I do now? <laughs> <laughs> this is already going downhill very well. I you don't like it? No, I hate it. App, so I could so watch, you watch it. You and don't want to watch... do a Temptation Island? I don't want. I can't. I don't want to be. Beer pourer. I don't want to be kicked off the island though. I, know, I, I like feel the like, island. I like the you island. You go to a secondary island called the Big Elf. You have to help me with that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm already stuck pedaling on that thing. I can tell already. Uh, so uh, very quickly before we get into our last section, I have a quick guessing game for you. It's called the Florida Man Guessing Game. I just came up with it. I'm going to give you a real scenario from the news this week about a story that came out of Florida, and you're going to guess the answer for me. Okay. Mm-mm. Okay. Here we go. Florida man driving at 100 miles an hour gets pulled over by the police in his Ferrari. What is his response for when the cop asks him why he's driving so fast? I'm Dwayne Wade. I'm Dwayne Wade. That's your your question. Okay. What's your answer? Um, He was text messaging. I'm text messaging. I didn't notice. Okay. He says, the car's a Ferrari. It's supposed to go fast. That's, Boom! That's kind of great. <laughs> no ticket issue. That, that he would say, <laughs> if I can afford a Ferrari, I can take the ticket, is what I would have told him. So yeah. It's got a pale in comparison to this car who, payment, buddy. It, it won't be like us who are like begging and trying to get out of it or lying. He was taken into custody without further incident oh, and transported to jail. So uh, just be aware. Uh, and uh, last but not least, I have just a quick one for you guys here. Uh, we did one earlier with Kevin. Uh, we were doing mailbags from other uh, sources on the internet. Bits from other blogs. Uh, the last one was about food. This one is also about food. It's from a food-based blog. I will give you the scenario and you guys will answer it. Here's the mailbag question. <clears throat> a friend and I recently decided to go to a restaurant we both had weird or bad experiences with in the past. The place had new owners. We figured new owners, new cooks might improve the place. We were wrong. Uh, they uh, they advertised genuine Chinese food, but that's not what we got. It was bland. The Szechuan hot and chicken sauce was neither Szechuan nor hot and sour. Uh, the chicken was rubbery. The vegetables were not fresh. I asked the waitress if this was how the food was supposed to be, and she said yes. When we left, still hungry, we both wrote a bad review, noting what I described here, and gave the place a one-star rating on Google. We did not embellish or tell a lie. The day after, we woke up to messages on Facebook from the owner who had stalked our social media accounts telling us that we were wrong, claimed he personally cut all the meat and vegetables for the dishes himself. A couple days later, he messaged us again, asking us to take down the review, should we take it down, one-star reviewer. No Guys, you, see, you say this no. This is no because this guy knows he's being so defensive right now. Mm-hmm. He knows what he did wrong, and they were serving shitty food. <laughs> so, all right, so you say that you keep it up because... Yeah, for it's... sure. That's what they're up there for. That's why we write reviews. Justin, your thoughts? I think it's weird... <laughs> That these people would go to a place, probably review that bad too, and then went back to it, oh, reviewed it bad, and then went to a blog and asked about their experience. I'm siding a tad with the chef here because this seems a bit excessive. 
It's well, a long they want... question. Like they're reviewing and emailing food blogs about reviewing. They're maybe probably they like asshole them. food reviewers. Exactly. Maybe they're food. <laughs> they're right. Just, when you leave it to the right. peanut gallery, I said this in ad stuff. Every like Google reviews, Facebook reviews, it does so much for your business on your like your searchability stuff. Mm-hmm. But when you let the peanut gallery tell you what if your car is good or if your food is made right. No, like they're not the professionals. So, they are consumers. I, I care about their opinion. I, I don't can, think it should be validated in these long Yelp type things on the internet. Like who is this person? He's just a food eater. Right. So I think the other side of this too is uh, people, number one. What does he know about Chinese food, first of all? Number well, he one, knows yeah. a lot about What's, Chinese food. He should have Maybe indicated in his flag. question. I am a aficionado at the Chinese cuisine. So my market. thought is this. If you got your point across to the owner, right? I would say make it yourself, man. Do no. you think it's okay to take the review down because, like, all right, he responded. We obviously got the point across to this guy. Like, I don't need to leave this review up and, like, crap on this guy's business on the internet. Is that an okay take as well, or is that... I feel like I would... If my personality, I would feel bad after he had messaged all that. And That's I what I'm saying, down, right? Because I feel like, okay, you actually listen, and then maybe Did I might get, even yeah. message him back saying... As long... Yeah. 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 So I think I there's... would rally around the owner as a patron, and I would go myself. I see. Uh, well... I think sometimes, too, it's really easy, especially on the internet, for stuff to get lost in context. We had a scenario earlier this week where yeah. one of our crew got sort of taken out of context on on a local food site. And it, it, the post got taken down because I think enough people, I don't I was there enough to see the comments, enough people were saying, I think you're misinterpreting what... They, what they did was made it topics, which was incredible, because it actually validated the entire thing. It did. They, they are trash sort of the in that point, group. Right. There's a fraction of you who know who you are. The rest of you are fine. Go <laughs> ahead, I, clip it and post that, that up there. You guys are garbage. Group. That was a good page for a long time. Now it's gone. Well, I think the point is these professional making. reviewers act like they're not just regular people living in freaking Dollsville or something. Like, that's though. not a bad thing. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. You're not an expert food person. You're just a guy living in a town somewhere going to eat something that you don't normally have, and then you become the official voice on it that could ruin a person's business because you didn't like your Szechuan chicken wasn't sweet and sour enough? Are you kidding? Uh, Alright, real quick before we close out, guys. Uh, thanks for coming in again, Justin, and uh, appreciate you. you know, Justin was here for episode one zero. One star review of this entire pod. 190. All one stars for every episode. Justin, I will not take it down. Justin was actually on episode zero, so this is episode well, 200 yeah. for him. This and is his and I was on 99, which was 100. Yeah, see? You're on all these episodes. Yeah, so. Uh, so, uh, real quick, I found this on the internet. I thought it was really cool. Uh, it was a list of food myths, whether they're true or false. I'm going to give them to you. You guys let me know if you think they're true or false. Uh, myth number one, it is unsafe, it's unsafe to drink milk, uh, past its sell-by date, even if it's just a day or two. Yeah. Uh, true. That's a myth. It is not necessary. I'll I tell you that is a myth for fact. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I just I, have yeah. uh, Food rule number two, you shouldn't drink water from a cup uh, you shouldn't drink from a cup of water that has been left out sitting overnight. True or false? False. I mean, I think because I, th- there's a there's got to be something settling in it, right? No, like, they, I heard that um, the tap water can sit for six months before it becomes. Yeah. The idea is there's actually nothing in water to make it go bad. I'm so, thinking of what could like trickle yeah. down. Like okay, now dust. you're over. What? You right. Said, oh, What's no, dust going to turn into? Correct. Overnight? So you're going to drink it. So what you're arguing though Gross. is like you're saying that like settlement from like the air the might come like around, a beer right? When you go outside. But you put theoretically, the water doesn't <laughs> go bad because there's nothing to go bad in water. Lots right? of bad things in going water. All right. Uh, food rule number three, uh, white discoloration on a chocolate bar means the chocolate has gone bad. You no. ever see chocolate with those little white splotches yeah. on it? False. Justin? Sorry. <laughs> no, I'm with her. They're false. 
False. That's correct. Uh, uh, that is actually just fat bloom. And it, although it looks alarming, it is normal after a while. It's I think a lot of these food thing questions are you have to sell it by a certain day and you eat it by another day. Those are completely different scenarios. Yeah. Food rule number four, butter should be stored in the fridge and not at room temperature See? in a butter j- dish. True I or false? I put it at room temperature. I do love room temperature too. Exactly I also do room temperature and it is true you're not supposed exactly to Exactly, I was like, you're, you're not supposed to. Butter all day yeah. I do too. When I go to yeah, it yes. wouldn't be like carving off of it. I'm like glad we're all, block. I'm glad we all agree on this one because I'm the same way. That's why I actually, I don't eat enough butter to like, go the little small butter ones. That's what I've started getting. They have the little quarter ones and then I just do that away. Rule number five, all fruits or vegetables should be washed before eating. Yes. True. I got me dirt, dirt don't hurt. Stop that. Yeah, unless it is marked pre-washed true. or ready to eat. Yes, it is true. You're supposed to it's wash. Got listeria, all. sorts of gross things get on it. If you cook it, food. Where are we cooking it? Raspberries. Food rule number six. Okay, I would wash raspberries because uh, I'm not cooking. Raw eggs will make you sick. True or false? Depends. Oh, that's false. True. Not necessarily. Uh, you should refrigerate eggs and cook until firm. Okay, yeah. Yolk, but yeah, not uh, necessarily. Egg under yeah. Sam's bed for a week will make me <laughs> sick if I eat it. Extensions here. <laughs> and last but not least, uh, uh, I'll get one more for you too. Uh, true or false? You shouldn't double dip. That's an easy one. True. You shouldn't. True. Don't do it. It's bad. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, what do you? Uh, it spreads dessert. You, you turn. Dessert. Yeah. You gotta turn your chip. Oh, you turn the chip around. Well, yeah. Or celery, <laughs> and then you flip it, and then you grab. No, like... then your hand. Their hands on the other end of it, and it dipped. In... Would you? Gross. How do you eat Gross. celery? Full like pieces in your whole hand. Like that? One shot deal. That's all you get. And <laughs> finger foods. Uh, food rule number eight. Uh, last one. If you bring a, a homemade salad to work, you should refrigerate it immediately. Keeping it at room temperature will make it go bad by lunchtime. True or false? I mean, I. Depends on if it's hot, I guess. Yeah, true. True is it's generally true. Start willing. Well, yeah. Why wouldn't you want a cold? It seems like they just. Why would you want a room? By preference, by preference, you would want like a cold. I gotta be honest. I don't. If I make a salad in the morning and I don't eat it by the end of the day, I'm probably not gonna eat. Yeah, if I don't have it, the ambition was good in the beginning, but then by noon, it's not good. Loses its quality a little bit too. I'm not a salad guy. Weirdly enough, like I like if it's something at dinner, like sorry, you want a salad. I'll be like, uh, no. Yeah, no. I don't. I'll have I, soup instead. I had a period. Or give me mott sticks. Like, I don't. There was, give me, I want another a salad and I'll pass. There was a period of time when I liked, uh, like, a salad with chicken in it or a oh, salad yeah. with something else in it. But even that feels, it doesn't satisfy me the same way. I don't know what it is. I need uh, a lot of dressing in it for it to be good. See, I don't like dressing, so I usually get it dry. So oh, I'll be yes. like, what do I look like? I wonder like? why you don't A like rabbit? Do I look like a rabbit here? Quick, sir? before Man. we, we've gone way too far, but overrated, underrated. The, the wedge salad you get, like a square, like a, they take like the... And you just stuff all of it in the wedge no, salad? No, 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 they take the salad and they, they take like a head of uh, iceberg lettuce and they chop it into a quarter, right? Mm-hmm. They take one wedge, they put it on the plate, and then they just cover that wedge in like blue cheese and whatever the topping. are you getting your, I've never seen you ever seen a wedge salad? Not it's like very a, popular. It's like, we don't want to mix city. you with oh, salad. Okay, sorry. Yeah. We don't want to mix you with salad, so you can just get this Mixing wedge yourself. of lettuce with stuff on you it. and pick it up like, and just like eat it? Yeah, you break it apart and it's a whole. Can you throw some stuff on top? Like It's like a build your own. Some bacon bits? A build your own salad. Bacon bits, yeah. All right, that's it, folks. Bar. Uh, you can follow Ew, Kevin at you can follow Kevin underscore Kevin Sullivan. Follow uh, Heather at Heather Waz One. You can follow Justin at Maiden Utica. Uh, is there a Handshake City specific Twitter or just on Facebook? No, yeah, but a there's Twitter. a couple. There's a couple Handshake things. Can I plug them real quick? Yeah, plug them right uh, now. Do it. May 11th Kids Day. Awesome. May 18th Cornhole Tournament. Beautiful. Which will have a cash prize. I love it. Uh, June 9th Barks and Brews. 
Yep, great. June 16th, Pinewood Pine Car Derby. I'm excited for that um, one, for I sure. I want that to be like a parent kit. You know, even if you're yeah. old and yeah, younger, yeah, for sure. like, team with like your dad or your mom or whatever and come down and, and do that. But uh, And then we're doing Christmas in July before Boilermaker. Mm-hmm. We're going to deck the whole park out with Christmas lights. It's going to be amazing. And decorations. Mm-hmm. And then the garage sale in uh, our August. August. Yeah, so those are some of the recent things. that we're, we're starting to push them all out now as we're getting closer. So there's a lot more stuff available than even just last week. So... Awesome. I love it. Heather, anything you want to plug before we have? Nothing to plug Follow the show at uh, Uticast on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, SoundCloud, uh, Apple Podcasts. We are taking over the web. Uh, 200 next week. Wow. Uh, I have somebody coming in tomorrow for it. Maybe I'll get two people. We'll see who. I can tell you who it's not. And good riddance. Enjoy your travels. <laughs> see ya. Good luck. Good best of luck. Uh, well, listen, uh, 200 next week. I'm really excited for it. I'm going to go back and enjoy my vacation for right now. Thank you, Justin. Thanks for uh, coming in last minute. Uh, that's it. The tape machines are rolling. We are desperately out of time. Sign our humanoids. Sign our humanoids. Keep it tight. Woodstock lives. We will see you next week for episode 200. Oh, yes.